and all and welcome back to another anime was not a mistake presents sinister six i'm jonathan kwiatkowski one of your hosts and all i have to say is this sage advice well babe here's five dollars now go fuck yourself uh, very true very true uh and i'm dan ryan mm. and i i received a rather shocking text message this morning oh did you apparently drawing board is going solo oh he's tired of playing second fiddle to us mm-hmm. he's tired of us getting the babes yeah. and getting the glory uh-huh, uh-huh. and he is convinced that he can go out and he can do his own anime podcast oh, he is, eh? uh hmm. you know without us so yeah. i don't know how this plot thread is going to be resolved i mean we got to watch a movie today so yeah. i don't know what we're going to have time to do mm-hmm. uh but I, I guess we're going to have to figure out some way to solve it, to bridge the gap before today is over. I can I, bring out my Dance of the Seven Veils. I mean, <laughs> that I, usually is a crowd, you know, that'll turn the ships in the opposite direction. I, I can only hope that it leads to some character development or has some importance in, in terms of our dynamic with Drawing Board, but I just don't know. Yeah, I uh, tried that solo gig, but it didn't work <laughs> out for me. A la Babylon last week. But uh, today is Sinister Six subseries Sinister, Sinister Selection. Selection. That's a lot of effort. The uh, the quarter quell of the Sinister Six series. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week you brought Babylon, and I soundly defeated Dan. You soundly <laughs> the defeated hope me. Hope was drained from his eyes. And I have been thinking on it. I yeah. have been yeah. uh, because. Because how can you not? I, I think back in the day, for our first, for most of our original Sinister Six episodes, we did take a moment to reflect on the mm-hmm. previous movies. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so if you have any further things to say about Babylon, by all means. I just don't think it's as bad. I think as, even when we were talking about it, I listened to some of the episode, and I, until that last third, mm-hmm. it seemed like a pretty fine movie, in your opinion, even for it being based around the Hollywood machine. Yeah. And the copious drugs and profanity and such. It didn't seem like you hated it until the tail end. And you realized, oh, that's what I sat through. Uh, yeah. And I think that, that that is the point that I wanted to emphasize, is that I do not believe that the movie, uh, you know, I was playing it up for, for Heox last week, but mm-hmm. I don't believe that it was the centerpiece of evil yeah. uh, that I that I possibly found Popeye to be when I mean, we watched it. I mean, it was a good... <laughs> Popeye, the unspeakable um, one, the one that started it all. <laughs> but uh, I did find it frustrating simply because of the length, but then I'm like... I've also recommended that people watch the Snyder Cut, so it's like yeah. I can't... And, and you and sat the there Irishman. the Irishman 18 times. So it's like, I think what my problem is, is that it was a cast of actors that I love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got Brad Pitt, you got Margot Robbie, you mm-hmm. got, uh, you know, Samara Weaving in there briefly, yeah. you got, yeah. like, all good people. 
and I wish that they had been in a more focused story. Mm -hmm. I think if I could sum up my thoughts in reflection upon that movie, it would just be, like, I wish that, you know, by the time that third act rolls around, we we had all focused our characters onto, like... Less white people. Maybe, maybe (laughs) like, what we were talking about with, like, a singing in the rain type thing, where Mm -hmm. the actors, like everyone on every level kind of converges to do one last movie that sort yeah, of symbolizes that would have been fun like that era mm-hmm. isn't coming back or something yeah, like that That ended it on like a more positive note it, it tried yeah. to end on like a positive note on like the power of movies yeah and i did that's felt, what it, i hated it fell flat for me too as well yeah um but that's okay because uh my selection today also s- suffers from a fatal third act collapse interesting so we'll, we'll get into that yeah i'll prepare myself um you can't hurt me i don't believe in no you. i can't hurt you i can't <laughs> i i you did it with melting man and then you know i i can only i i'll later on i'll explain the strategy that i took in selecting this movie yeah because uh, it was quite complex but before we get into it yes yes um do we have any anime life or video game news to discuss i'm sure you've got lots this was we a do week. Yeah, we, yeah we we do um i guess i'll start with zelda i've been playing that a little bit mm-hmm. um i just finished off the great plateau went back delivering a demigod's eyes in the underground that i was like mm-hmm. hey why not sure <laughs> you seem no evil like you don't seem evil to me in the least yeah. yeah just four eyes threw him down a hole now i have to go fetch him in this great mine i was like oh there's a lot down here haven't gone down there too spooky um and besides that just making a lap around doing very good on my collection mm-hmm. 486 karak seeds in uh, 80 shrines it's looking good making good progress in zelda I think I'm at 100-something shrines, mm-hmm. and I'm doing what you're doing. I'm trying to go through the map. I've already completed all the story things. Mm-hmm. Um, I did get all the memories, too. Yeah. Um, I saw that the, the dragon released a boo-boo tier, yeah, and it, that's the last thing I have to go get. That's why we call it the boo-boo dragon. Who is that dragon? <laughs> I don't know. And what reason do they have to cry yeah, so much? I know. Maybe they saw Babylon. Uh, it's true. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've been going through and finishing the stuff that I hadn't resolved. And there's still a lot of shrines left. Mm-hmm. Like, when you don't think that they're... There's that much more to do. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot more to do. And, and there's those, those mystery shapes in the sky, like big cube, big sphere. Yes. I don't know what those are. I've done, I think, two of those, mm-hmm. and they are pretty fun. Okay. There's like there's some goober challenges in there. All so. right. All right. Something to look forward to. Um, uh, also, I think next time we reconvene, it's going to be Oppenheimer Barbie discussion time. It will be. <laughs> um, we will be changed men. Some yes. may say change for the better. We will have experienced uh, the, the two dualities of, I, of humankind. Literally what I'm pushing for the next four days. That's what I'm pushing through. We're seeing Oppenheimer on the largest screen in the country. Yes. As the way the Lord intended. And then Barbie at Linden. Yes. So. Also fitting. Yeah, also yeah. fitting. Yeah, love so. that there. Yep. Um, in my free time, I've been playing Final Fantasy 16. Oh, still need to play, Dan, but go on. And please. loving it. Good, good. I know people are still fighting about this game, but... Why? All I see I... online is everyone is hot, and Cl- uh, Clive Clyde is a good boy. Yeah, and his voice actor is going around and, like, saying things as Clive, which mm-hmm. is funny, and it's it's cute, but I love it. It is keeping me invested. I want to keep playing to, fit, like, see what happens, mm-hmm. like a... Like a peak Game of Thrones season, I just want to keep tuning back into it to, you know, mm. to to figure out what's going to happen. Because yeah. there's all it's already taken several swerves that I would have never expected a game like this to take. Mm-hmm. So, I'm excited. Like, it's keeping me invested at the very least. Um, 
So, I, you know, I don't know where th this discourse between this and 15 will kind of settle, but uh, I'm liking them both for different reasons, but I'm really loving 16 so far. It is, it is kind of uh, scratching that itch. It's got, like, everyone's like an overdramatic goober, but it's still got levity in it, and it's still got, like, a lot of different classic Final Fantasy monsters and other elements showing up. Mm. Um, I haven't even met Mid yet, and wow. Mid is taking like, the internet by storm, so I'm excited to, to see her. Um, and for once, surprisingly, between the two of us, I because I, I usually don't do this aspect, I'm rooting for the main couple. Wow. I'm, like, shipping them. I'm like, I really hope that yeah. these two, yeah. usually you know, get together. Um, but we'll see what happens. I, I'm just... Yeah, I ship Hestu and Link, but... <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's a different story, yeah. Not a oh, lot of chicka, fans. Chicka. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he'll shake him up, all right. <laughs> um, but in terms of news headlines, I believe yesterday or Friday in Japan, uh, How Do You Live premiere? Yeah, uh, gonna be dubbed The Boy and the Heron yes. over here. Um, it made back its production cost already because there was no marketing. Mm -hmm. So this was a very sound investment for Ghibli yes. in two days. I mean, we thought it would. Miyazaki was worried, as he often was. He's like, can a movie succeed without any marketing in this this horrible shell of a world? Mm -hmm. But apparently, I've seen, like, a few seconds of footage on the TikTok, and it looks like a masterpiece. Okay. So, I'm very excited when this comes. Of course, I'll be pulling the One Piece as soon as it's released on physical media, and we'll mm -hmm. be watching that. Um, thoroughly excited to go back to our roots, Stan. Our first season, remember? What no, started yeah. it all? Yeah. It, yeah, we were it, just a humble Ghibli podcast for a while. And, and it, it's fitting, but I am not looking into anything about it until... Because, you know, thankfully at the moment my TikTok is mostly ruining American movies. Oh, so, like, yeah. I, I if I can play my cards right and keep that algo intact, I don't won't have to Don't spoil Barbie, though. We don't want to know if Barbie dies. <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't want to know um, if Ken has a villain turn. Mm -hmm. uh, but... Yeah, so I'm not going to look into anything about it because I would like to yeah, go in. Same, same. I just saw some clouded. footage. I said, okay, it looks it looks great. Yeah, that's it. I don't know what happens. I don't know the characters. I don't know the story. I don't know if boy is Heron, Heron is boy, or they're two separate entities. But it sounds fitting for his final movie. And so. then interesting, all that Japan's been doing instead of spoiling, they've just been taking the art and redoing it in different ways. Like I showed you yeah. heavy mech one. There's yeah. one that's like a femme fatale one. The one that's uh, well, what's his name from The Simpsons? Oh, uh, Lenny. Lenny. Yeah. yeah. Don't show. Don't tell them how I live. It fits the title too. Mm -hmm. Um. Yep. But also announced this past week, which I was very, very excited <laughs> for, Godzilla Minus One. Mm -hmm. As in, I'll not be viewing. <laughs> Just kidding, oh, I'll watch her. I'll, I but liked it. it is the next installment from Toho themselves, due out this December, I believe. Now, obviously, they have the American series with Legendary going on mm -hmm. concurrently, but Toho has been determined and announced their intentions to kind of create their own ongoing timeline kind of like they did back in the Showa era. Yeah. Uh, so not probably not necessarily like a cinematic universe, but again, similar to what they did in the 60s and 70s where all the monsters kind of coexist within this one setting. Mm. Uh, and specifically, uh, Godzilla Minus One will take us back to uh, right after Japan is recovering from World War II, and they thematically are at zero when Godzilla shows up to bring them back down to minus one. That yeah. is the, the like the theming of the trailer. Okay. He's got a new design that looks really amazing, mm -hmm. really 
kind of looks like a blend of the Hisei era yeah. suit with much spikier uh, dorsal fins and everything. Uh, but he looks, you know, scale-wise, like he could, you know, do some fighting. Um, so I would assume that the minus one title is also like a double meaning for this is a, a true reboot. This mm. is like a, you know, Shin Godzilla was also a true reboot. Um, but I guess the intention behind this one is to start more movies. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm very excited. Gonna see what happens. Mm. Um then to our pleasant surprise, uh we had the limited run games. Look, that's, that's what I'm looking at now, just to get that thing uh you know, everything situated. Otherwise known as like LRG three. It was and, like their E three substitute. Yeah, they take a while releasing it, but it's always quality. We it love is. a physical media show and they do it right often. So oh, I'm, yeah. I'm very excited. Um can I start with my personal fave? Go for and it. And I'm sure we love this too. The the Castlevania Game Boy Advance collections get in the physical and so, you get to choose the cover. So pleased. <laughs> yeah. So pleased. I don't know why they wouldn't give us all four, but <laughs> Well, I don't know either, but... Well, they yeah, gotta save money. Yeah. I love it when Castlevania comes. Also, Oxenfree 2 is out. Yeah, I forgot about that. I, I need to play that, because I love... Like, I stand Oxenfree. No, me too. That was, like, one of the original ones. Yes. Of, like, the indie scene. So, I mean, when I get some time, I'm gonna have to play that. Just, alright. So, limited run. Castlevania was the first thing. Yeah. Woohoo! Uh, well, then, also, you were happy about this Rose and Cornelia oh, collection. I, I had <laughs> never heard of this before, but it's it's like a shoujo, uh, oh-ho-ho, uh, fancy girl mm-hmm. slap simulator. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I need to play this. this they got me. Yeah. <laughs> they got me good, so that will be a day one purchase for me. Uh, then they got Clock Tower. Oh, getting a remake. A remake by Way Forward yeah, with yeah. their art style and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clock to- Tower was the kind of cult uh, horror game classic. Yeah, a Jurassic Park collection for Dan Ryan. Excited for it. Even though these games don't look good, but... <laughs> well, sure, it's, yeah. it's the games as they came out, I would assume. Yeah. Uh, shocking everyone, the Gex trilogy remastered. That's true. <laughs> I'd love to see that. I remember Gex from the Blockbuster, no, the Palmer video... What did I have around the corner in Hillside that changed my life? Got me into film. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think it was a Palmer video. Near R. me, R. it was a Palmer video. Yeah, it was right across the street. I could have gotten anything. I mean, I rented the same things. I was a little chicken shit back then. Never rented any horror. But I loved renting movies. Mm-hmm. Physical media started young. And uh, then, surprisingly, they're making a Shantae game that bridges the series. Like a canceled GBA game. Yeah, they... Ish. Only on GBAs, but I have a feeling they're going to port it to something. I, w- I would assume. Yeah. It's going to be a playable Game Boy Advance cartridge, which, which is, a lot of these yeah. smaller game companies have figured out how to do recently. I don't know if it was because something, some protection thing, like, lapsed or whatever, but a lot of game companies have been making cartridges for older systems. Yeah. Um, but this is Shantae Advance Risky Revolution, which was, I, I guess, a cancelled... Second, it's between yeah. the first and the third game. Yeah, so that's, we love Shantae. I do love Shantae. Got an android in the other room. Have oh. you seen her? <laughs> I don't believe so. Oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll have, to, I'll have yeah. to show her later. <laughs> um, but then we're getting Gargoyles Remastered. Mm-hmm. I like, we're getting Tomba. Yeah. Uh, we're getting Double Shake, which is a PS1-inspired platformer. We're getting another Crusade, which is a quirky indie RPG. We're getting the notorious Plumbers Don't Wear Ties. Oh, yeah, learned that from the Game Grumps. What an odd little game. Definitive edition. Yeah, yeah, it's got the... If anyone's not familiar, if they haven't seen it on YouTube somewhere, it's 
It's reminds got... me of like the porno my lemon tree. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it's that kind of vibes. Or there is no sharks in this bathtub. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's got it's very much that. It's got like live action cutscenes yeah. similar to um, oh uh, what was it, Death House or Night Night Trap? Oh, Night Trap, yeah, or Slumber Party Massacre or something. Yeah, Night Trap. Yeah. Night Trap. So you're yeah, playing yeah, through yeah. the video game, but it, it's just like you know, you're. I think you're ha- you're finoodling with a plumber, and you got to yeah. navigate your way through that. Yeah. Uh, but that's awesome to get. And then we're getting uh, Arzette, the Jewel of Faramore. I... <laughs> well, okay, no. well, you'll know what I'm talking uh-huh. about when I'm... It is a tribute to the Zelda CDI Ooh. games. I don't Because I thought you would have been the one to bring no, this I, up. No, I tuned out. There was too much that day. I, I had to end it. But uh, Arzette, the Jewel of Faramore, is, is designed <laughs> as a love letter to that terrible Zelda oh, CDI game. That's interesting. I have to uh, check that out. You play as a princess who's trying to, like, recover, uh, like, a jewel, obviously, the Jewel of Faramore, <laughs> and they have horribly drawn cutscenes just like the CDI wow. games did and they got two voice actors back from the Zelda CDI oh. games I think Zelda and Link's Link. voice actors wow. so you, you'll go into a store and they'll be like the, yeah. the creepy like I love that Don Bluth thing will come <laughs> up to you go like hey do you want a deal on some fry like you that want a lick of, of my elixir so like we're getting like that's I never would have expected a tribute to that game coming mm. up but it is by all accounts, yeah, a, a like a uh, a pseudo remake of whatever Zelda's game was called. I forget what it was, mm-hmm. uh, or Zelda's Adventure, whatever the fuck. Uh, but very interesting. So we're gonna try to check that out if we can. Yes, yes. Um, but that I believe is all. Oh no, no, new. no, Dad! You're missing the most important thing that was revealed to us this week. What? I'm a magician. I'm a chocolatier. Oh, I was going to add that to the list, but I wasn't sure if you wanted to. Go ahead. The Wonka trailer was released, and boy, is Timothy Chalamet miscast. But I think it's going to be a great, cringe, wonderful Hollywood mega musical for no reason. It's definitely going to be a Sinister Six before we've even seen the film. He's giving, I just did like my high school show, and I'm performing the last night before we go to Denny's, and I love it. I love it. This is the movie that I should have been cast in as Willy Wonka. <laughs> so sit up and listen, listen down. down. No, wait. Scratch, scratch that. that. Reverse, reverse it. it. Love uh, that. What do you think? Wonka, Hugh Grant. <laughs> He's an It feels like it's out of its time. You're a funny little man. <laughs> like, it, like, it feels like this is something that would have happened a couple... And I'm not shitting on it. We're gonna I go see like, it. I feel like it's something Johnny Depp got, like pushed aside yes for. i agree yeah. Yeah. i think he could have did both he could have did the origin and then that the the newer tim burton Willy Wonka, which he did by the time the trailer gets to that hugh grant oompa loompa i'm like to think that might have taken him out of barbie which i mean could be a blessing i do love timothy i just think he's he's oversaturated at this point he like, is. it's a lot he's got this lies of p dune <laughs> yeah dune so. part two yeah i i i don't know I, i'm not entirely <laughs> sure what to expect it's like you know he's gonna he's gonna have to fight those chocolate corporate guys, yeah, I with, guess, with whimsy, and I guess it's a musical. Even though they didn't show, they showed dancing, but I, not a musical number. I have to assume that a young and sexy Slughorn is gonna be in oh, there yeah. somehow. Well, we get the origin of Anne Josephine, Uncle Joe, yeah, that bed, Grandpa Joe, yeah. You know what happened to, you know, to the, the, sexy, the Bucket family? Yeah. I, 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 I don't questions, know. Questions, yeah. It, Will it stay true to the Roald Dahl? 
<laughs> I, well, yeah. Origins? He, Will we get a glass elevator nod? Are we going to see how he builds the, like, all candy atrium, whatever the fuck it is? The yeah. We've seen fizzy lifty drinks, or at least the origin of them. The tunnel to hell? Yeah, the, maybe that'll we... be there, an Easter egg? I don't know. It's a lot of things, Dan. I... I want it to be good. Um, <laughs> well, wish on well, a star, Dan. We, we've never, we've never, obviously now that we have the Good Movie Podcast Yeah, but TM, we've got a special request to hold that yeah, until no, someone of, is available. Of at least course. two people might be available for that one. And we, we might need like a collision of forces. I need to bust out every mic for that one. Yeah, no, we, yeah. we, we definitely will because I think that's a movie that all of us we love. We could literally quote. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then as TikTok mentioned, I hope that this goes in the line of like those vignettes in the original where it's like, oh, you know, your your husband's on the phone. The kidnappers want a ransom. Yeah. What is it? A thousand Wonka bars. Let me think. <laughs> well, I it's someday That's what I love. when we no, I love that too. But someday when we if we when we get to talk about the the Charlie Willy the Wonka and the Char- or, or which one Willy, Willy Wonka and the Charlie Factory, sorry. it was filmed by like a very dry group of people mm-hmm. who were used to filming like television stuff, yeah, yeah. and that. Like, using their just, like, regular sense of humor was enough to, like, make that movie something really special. Like, they weren't trying to do anything. Like, it was just, like, we're writing this with our sense of humor, and it was enough to make that movie amazing. Yes. So, I, 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 I would be interested to see huh, what approach it takes, but... The, the Johnny Depp one kind of, uh... I mean, I didn't think the Johnny Depp one was bad. I thought it was different. It wasn't Tim Burton's best. I didn't, I didn't hate the, the songs. I, like, I liked the stupid... Well, you liked, uh, Deep that Roy one. Yeah, Deep Roy. I was gonna say, Deep Roy's in it. So you must have loved it in some form. Doing all the genres of music. But then they added, you know, Christopher Lee as his dentist dad. I liked This is the Burn Doll Ward. <laughs> that got a chuckle out of me. No, yeah, no, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie but, Bucket. But yeah, uh, yeah. Willy Wonka. <laughs> Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. Well, I feel like we got a lot of movie uh, stuff being shilled this week because obviously the actors are on strike yes, now. Yes, yes, they've joined. We are burning down Versailles. We're moving furniture on the Titanic, and I'm fine. I, apparently, the indies are good. You just have to do some paperwork. Mm-hmm. Um, the Actors Guild isn't after them, so just tread carefully if you are an actor out there on film. Yes, I mean I don't know if they listen to this humble little podcast out there, but if you are an actor, you know we are supporting you. Do not cross the picket line. Yeah, yeah. Um, make those directors pay up and b- the producers and whatnot. But of course, I think like the day before the strike, like all the movies kind of pumped out their advertising stuff. Yeah, we're going to not minute. get wicked for another eight years now. Um, yeah. Euphoria's on but, uh, hiatus again. But yeah, it what was like, what else was I going to say? Oh yeah, no, and then like like Minnie and Mickey Mouse in costume oh, had yeah. to show up to the Haunted Mansion That's premiere. That's what I saw today and then people were offended that these college students who are paid minimum wage are there Minnie and Mickey haven't appeared at a premiere in mm-hmm. since the scandals of the 1980s so no, well they have that baby now so mm-hmm. <laughs> <Shh>. <laughs> no 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 um but speaking of scandals yes do you want to get into today's episode oh you don't want to talk about the tangent that I prepared for you all right. oh That's no by all means know, by you know, all I, means I worked on some things I wanted to toss them out to you but no 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 we no, get happily, to happily. Okay. so let's start with one of them I'm working on fairy types they're really dumb <laughs> 
So well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna just bung, bang them out and then save my other half of that for the next tangent. Mm-hmm. Because who knows how much I'll get to. So let's talk about fairy Pokemon, shall we? Mm-hmm. I found that fairy Pokemon, they're often based on foods for no apparent reason. A Ye- lot of them. Foods true. and inanimate, inanimate objects. Um, so I have a few ideas for you just to throw by. Inspired by the Splatoon Splatfest... Obviously, which mm. I am winning currently, and by the end of the day, we'll have news if I've won that or not. Mm-hmm. Um, Team Vanilla, we need. Uh, do we have an ice cream Pokemon? I feel like we do. Vanillite. Oh, we do. We need another one. Yeah. Regional form. Yeah, yeah, that'll work. I forgot that Vanillite, Vanillish, and Vanillux were a thing. Vanillish. Um, but then maybe like a strawberry fairy regional. Form? It could be like here's an idea. I I forgot about that. But then I was like maybe like. It could be like a little ice cream witch. Her hat is like the cone. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like that. I said, oh, people will eat that shit up. All right. Next one I have is a needle and thread based Pokemon. Ooh. You know, wielding the needle as a scepter slash sword. Uh, sews things late into the night. Uh, associated with Levani and the like, but I thought that would be a cool little fairy Pokemon. Definitely. Yeah, that or cobblers. Cobblers are big in fairy tales, so maybe something with shoes. Easily done. Yep, yep. Uh, I put, my last one is just a literal broom. Just a broom. Just a broom. <laughs> just a broom. <laughs> It'll sweep up the competition, Dan. Okay. And Sakurai cannot resist adding that to Smash. The... No, this is good, because especially, because Ice Cream Witch, obviously, she can be, like, fairy ice or whatever, uh, but then the cobbler... Well, you said pure fairy, so maybe yeah. make it pure fairy, too. Um, but all of these other ones can easily be pure fairy, Yep. so uh, I, I, I'm i pleased. Yep. And then, yeah. with these psychic types, I guess you'll give it a little more. We, we can talk a bit. I okay. went through the entire list of Pokemon... For a regional form of Pokemon that we can adapt to a psychic type. Mm -hmm. Um, And these are just some of my ideas. Of course, it's loaded with my faves. Because Mm -hmm. that's the way I roll. But just think about these. Some have more um, physical, uh, more concrete ideas than Mm -hmm. the others. So I said maybe we can make Butterfree a psychic type. Okay. I like that. Uh, Noctowl. I don't know if we were doing something with Noctowl already. He feels like a fan fave. Not yet. Make him a psychic type. I said Donphan. He can levitate rocks in some Ooh. form to move things out of the way. Um, I said my fave, Roselia, could be a psychic type instead of poison. We could play more on, like, the Phantom Masquerade instead of, like, the Phantom Superhero. I like evolve. it. Uh, Kecleon. Give him something to do. Maybe he evolves it with that regional form as well. I Okay, no, exactly. I was going to say. Yep. We could, hold on. Uh, uh, okay, so Roselia, Donphan. Noctowl, and Butterfree. And then Kecleon. Yep. Plus Evolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, I have Lumenion. Gets nothing to do in the series. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then Almamola. Almamola. True. Yep, yep. Make them psychic. Um... And then my last few, I have Pangoro. Instead of training for fighting, he trained the mime. And he learned psychic abilities. Perfect. And lastly, I said Oinkalone from this gen. Everyone loved him. Everyone loved her. Give her a psychic type. Okay. Maybe one gender learns the psychic and the other one stays the same or learns a different typing. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. New Evos. Yep. 
easily dude this is this is a shitload <laughs> I mean, those I... are my faves and i feel like they've always deserved psychic typing so especially the fish yes those fish never get anything to do and we thought we thought so highly of them with their good designs yeah no i mean some of these i i can like work into like evolutions and some of these like hecleon will kind of get yes. the far-fetched treatment where yes. he's got a new base and then like mm-hmm. uh you know uh an evo Maybe we could dare reference your Kingdom Hearts oh. giant stupid chameleon uh, thing. The Sneak Snake? The Sneak Snake. <laughs> May so. you speak his name with reverence, Dan. Oh, but these are great, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we can get, like, a Phantom of the Opera Roselia. Yeah. It'd be great. Yeah. Singing to bring down the chandelier. Well, I put off my death long enough. Let's see what Dan's got, shall we? Not mm. death. I, I knew it's going to be a superhero movie. I think it is. A new beginning, if yeah. anything. Yeah. Um, so, uh, how did we get here? I don't know. Uh, you brought Babylon. I did, yeah. And in terms of discomfort by the end of the movie, again, I've I've explained what my mindset was. The third act to me kind of really damaged the rest of it when it became like a schmaltzy pro-Hollywood thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you have firmly won Sinister Six for the oh, time being. At last... Uh, in terms of mutually assured destruction, I could not bring anything that uh, would overwhelm the power of Babylon, mm-hmm. most likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least I haven't found and it And may yet. you never will. <laughs> um, but to that end, uh, you know, we've watched a lot of anime recently where the characters, at least the villain, will talk about dark reflections. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not not something that's stronger, but sort of a shadowy mirror image of the original uh whether we're assuming babylon is the good guy or the bad guy i don't know Mm. um but to that end uh i sort of staged a little tournament arc with bad movies Mm -hmm. to decide what i could bring to the pot today good um they were eliminated one by one uh but anything that was eliminated behind the scenes for me has been added to the sinister six spot because i stocked up on a few new pieces of physical media that you know they gotta go in the pot. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 they're right cooking. at home there. Yeah. Uh, but mostly they were rejected because I felt that for a Sinister Selection episode on the same tier as Babylon, I wouldn't have enough to talk about with them. Because some of them are are quite from the bottom of the bin. Mm. So it, I would really only be able to reference like where and yeah. when they were made. We don't need the Melting Man again, do we? It, no, exactly. <laughs> Uh, not that I think that they would fall that far, but okay. uh, so ultimately it came down to um, you know the movie that won kind of racked up the most connections to Babylon, Ooh. and as well as previous podcast episodes. Okay. So like we could tie it to Babylon, we could also tie it to things that we have covered on the podcast hmm. before. So specifically to Babylon. Um, it's a throwback of so-so quality. All right. Uh, it's got a big party scene. Okay. It's got bold costumes. Hmm. Outstanding set design. Oh, no. Could this be something that I love? It's got a character that I refer to as Gossip Gertie, even though that Gossip. might not be their favorite. That, oh. that might not be their name. Ah! Um, it probably ended a few careers. Okay. And I like it, kinda, uh-huh. but other people seem to hate it. What? what up? The, the door's not. There's a knock on the door. What? Who's there? Oh God! It's drawing board. Oh, he's back from he's his solo already career. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened? He he says that he's just over it. Oh, and that was incredibly unsatisfying and not very dramatic, mm-hmm. and it had nothing to do with the rest of the episode. Yeah, but based on his outfit, 
which is very, very complex and expensive looking, uh-huh. you know, and based on what a letdown his personal story arc was, that could only mean that we're watching 1997's Batman and Robin. Oh! oh I wouldn't have expected <laughs> I knew it was a superhero yeah. movie, but Dan got me in the end. I thought it was going to be like The Great Gatsby or something like that. I was like, there's no. a party scene. Oh, you know, I don't hate this movie. Yeah. I like this movie too. Yeah. It makes it, sense. I mean, it's not as good as Michelle Pfeiffer's turn. No. But no. this was definitely one of my most watched Batman movies. No, yeah. and it's probably one of my most watched <sighs> movies of all time. We do get Uma Thurman coming out of that book. Though. We do, we do. <laughs> yeah. um, but I figured I would bring Batman and Robin, because I had had it in the background for a while, yeah. and again, these Sinister Selection episodes are kind of events, Yeah. so if we need extra room to talk about a movie, uh, then talk about it we shall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this movie, I think, has a lot to uh, discuss. Yeah. Um, so obviously, it's released in 1997 and directed by Joel Schumacher, mm-hmm. uh, who... Has been on the podcast. Nipples on the suit. Nipples on the suit. (laughs) Nipples on the suit. Phantom of the Opera director. But he previously we did do Phantom on this episode. We talked about his his personal flair. Um, And Joel Schumacher, no fault against him. He seems like a really cool dude. Mm -hmm. He's he he was always uh, he's passed away now, uh, but he was always very upfront about how he made these movies. Uh, if you look into any production stuff for Batman and Robin, he's very blunt about it. Uh, I think he was often confronted, like, why do you over-sexualize everyone in your movies? <laughs> and he was like, because sex is hot! hot. Yeah. And that was like, it. Sex. You know, he's not trying to obscure anything. Um, and it should be noted that what Jonathan is holding is is Young Me's yeah. original DVD Still copy Still pristine, of it. mind you. Clean, concise. I got a box set of the... Yeah. Of the of like the older Batman movies once when I was a youngin and they have been with me ever since. They are one of my few DVD collections to survive over the past decades. Yeah, the Del Santi tree incident. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, <laughs> Didn't take these away. So, uh, but, but that goes to show this is a movie that has been with me my entire life and I have seen it more times than we have probably recorded episodes. Yeah, I've seen so. this. I, th- I think this is my most watched Batman film. I mean, I would love it to be... Uh, Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. Or, which one's the Michelle Pfeiffer one? We did watch Batman Returns. No, I know, yeah, but yeah. I, I would love it to be that, but this one was the one that was always on when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah, yeah it was it, it was on TV a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, so... The we Batman did. franchise prior to this, for anyone who wasn't aware, was it starts, obviously, with 89, uh, Tim Burton doing his first Batman movie. Uh, it ended up being a huge success. That first Batman movie... Adjusted for Inflation is still the highest grossing of the four 80s, 90s ones. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Batman Forever came very close to to being that, Um, but the first one still remains the best. Now, obviously, as we covered uh, in, you know, Batman Returns, uh, Tim Burton was kind of given free reign with that second movie, and it ended up being too dark for 90s parents. Mm. Uh, lots of moms were very upset that McDonald's was advertising toys, cutesy toys, mind you, mm-hmm. uh, of a movie where Penguin Danny DeVito bites a guy's nose off. That's fine, And please. Michelle Pfeiffer is, is you know, sexing it up. You know, and, us 90s and, you know, kids, we survived a lot. We're we, jaded now. We so did, but our so moms were very stressed yeah. about it, usually. We welcome the Oppenheimer bomb. <laughs> and so when, it, when everything was said and done, Tim Burton was in the process of planning 
a third Batman movie in the same vein as his other ones. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's been a lot of discussion over the years about what that would have entailed. I think there were rumors that he wanted Robin Williams to play the Riddler. That would have been cool, but we got Jim Carrey. And then... um, In an alternate universe. Marlon Wayans was going to be Robin. Oh, yeah, Uh, I heard that. I heard that. this version of Robin would have been... He would have started as, like, a auto mechanic who fixes the Batmobile after some Riddler trap Mm -hmm. and then ends up becoming uh, Robin. Yeah. And I think Marlon Wayans actually... uh, One of the Wayans brothers, I apologize if I'm confusing them, one of them Mm -hmm. screen-tested in a costume for that part. Um... But with all of the blowback from Batman Returns, they decided to go another way. Uh, I believe Michael Keaton said, if Tim Burton's not doing this, I'm going to walk as well. Mm. Uh, So then we got Batman Forever, which was... I chose not to bring it because it's a very in-between movie. Yeah. In terms of I saw that one a lot, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's not a terrible movie, It's but it's just very much like a... It's attempting to balance what came before and what it would turn into. Uh, Val Kilmer took over as Batman, but mm-hmm. he was very difficult to work with at the time. Uh, Jim Carrey was the Riddler, Tommy Lee Jones was Two-Face, and Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey apparently hated one another. There's a famous wow. exchange where, like, Jim Carrey was goofing around and Tommy Lee Jones was like... I will not tolerate your shenanigans oh. or something. You and know, I'm a very pro Jim Carrey, so I mean, like, it was that's where so, I like, in that. I don't know if it was any more extreme than usual. It was just like Tommy Lee Jones was not going to be bothered with. I mean, he wasn't mailing used condoms to his coworkers. Um, no, of course. Yeah, so we, someone else, it could get worse. But we'll see soon. Um, but then, obviously, <laughs> Chris O'Donnell was introduced as um, Robin, mm-hmm. and hot Robin. The 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 mm. thing with with Batman Forever <laughs> is that it was very much edited to make it more kid friendly. There are entire chunks of the film that were kind of excised, including a pretty, in my opinion, awesome scene where uh, Val Kilmer Batman like is in the Batcave and he merges with this giant animatronic like bat puppet mm. in in shadow mm-hmm. to kind of signify him uh, embracing being Batman, because there had been, in the original script, uh, the reason why it's called Batman Forever is that Batman, in that one, is going to give up his life as a superhero uh, to to go with Nicole Kidman. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was this entire plot thread that was removed in which Batman had blamed himself subconsciously for his parents' death, Mm -hmm. because... Uh, in his father's journal, he had read <laughs> that... Um, this little shit wants to see some opera, huh? Exactly. And and then... so <laughs> he, scared of bats. <laughs> he felt that it was his fault that he had no, gone to the... No, Bruce. I don't think it was your fault that your parents took you to see an opera. It's but, their, their decision entirely. But then later in the movie, he finds the red journal again, mm-hmm. and it, it reveals that, like... Bruce wants to see that Zorro shit. Yeah. But we're going to go see this no, well, he want Bruce wants to see some cartoon shit. Uh-huh. We're going to go see Zorro next week instead because mm-hmm. that's what I feel like Who doing. Who would so specific honestly? So it's, yeah. it, it was Hate like, it. you know, so then Batman is absolved of that crime and mm-hmm. he remerges with the Batman shadow yeah. to be like the spirit of justice again. Um so we go into this movie 
uh, Val Kilmer was notoriously difficult to work with, especially after, like, that and mm-hmm. Island of Dr. Moreau. I was gonna say, it's crowning jewel. Probably a future watch. Yeah, um, I thought that would be it, of all things. But, on bad, uh, um, Sinister Six. He, uh, so he was out, and George Clooney was brought in, in the hope that, uh, he could kind of bring more levity to the role. Um, so, so what we have is... A much, much more light-hearted movie, uh, and the production, according to, you know, how Joel Schumacher described it in interviews and how other production people described it, was the phrase toyetic, uh, where they were working very, very directly with the toy companies to try to come up with marketable things sell, as much as possible. Sell, sell, um, We've lived that life. We live the Pokemon Digimon life. We do. We, we bought do. everything. And, you know, uh, my own personal little uh, anecdote with this is, uh, not that I've ever purchased it, but one of the, the toys, the big toys that was made for this movie was the Bat Hammer. It shows up at the, the end of the movie. It's a I mean, big, you've stupid... You've whacked me a couple times with a Bat Hammer before, so... It, it, yeah, well, it's a big, <laughs> stupid sled with, like, a lighting, like, a light-up core in it, and it, oh, it shows up for, like, yeah. one scene... I've been to a lot of comic book stores over the years. You've been searching for this bat hammer. No, I don't know. I don't need this. This is the point. All right. Every single one has a bat hammer. Really? Yeah. Like every secondhand like comic book memorabilia store I've ever been in has at least one bat hammer. (laughs) One bat hammer. So these things are still out there. Per pot, one bat hammer. If someone is looking for them, they probably are overpriced. But if you want a bat hammer after listening to this episode, you can find them somewhere. They are out there. Um. But, but the toyetic thing is something to keep in mind. Yeah. So then the rest of the cast. Mm-hmm. With top billing, we have Arnold Schwarzenegger yes. as Mr. Freeze. Just chill. Uh, <laughs> according to Joel Schumacher, he wanted uh, Schwarzenegger because the man looked like he was carved from a glacier. And I mean, I think he does a campy fun time with this role, too. Like, eh. for... Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Big to differ on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I um, always liked him in this. I liked his puns. And he's, he, he is, obviously he's got a lot of ice puns, yeah. he's got a lot of, you know, he, he's got a very, uh, you know, specific vibe going for uh-huh. him. Um, and this was, at the time in the 90s, concurrent with Batman the Animated Series doing the Heart of Ice storyline. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where previously, Mr. Freeze had always been, like, a dorky scientist in a... But his wife! In, like, his an wife. ice thing. Yeah. Uh, the Bat- Batman the Animated Series reinvented him, um... As the villain that we know him as yeah. today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure if you Google what he looked like in the comics prior to that point, he was literally like, he was like a dude in a hazmat suit with mm-hmm. like a freezing gun. Yep. Um, and then he kind of evolved in the 90s into how we see him now. Like a bald guy, red goggles, yeah. blue, you know, armored suit. Uh, trying to save his wife. My wife. Um, so that, this movie integrates that plot with Nora Freeze mm-hmm. in her tube, um, <laughs> but obviously Freeze. with a much campier... Not anti-Freeze? Not anti-Freeze. <laughs> That's his family member. Yeah. Um, kind of, uh, you know, with a very campy Mr. Freeze trying to do that serious yeah. story. Okay. Uh, then we have George Clooney, obviously, coming in as Batman. Uh, we got Chris O'Donnell returning as Robin. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we got Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. And to which I'm going to say she's the saving grace already. I remember her. Yeah. She's defined. I've got a lot to say about her when we watch. Um, that's it, well, all I'll leave it at. <laughs> and it has been said before that she, of all the people in this movie, knows what kind of movie she's in. And mm-hmm. she plays it up. Like, she, exactly. she plays the yep, camp up. Yep, yep. Uh, and fittingly, she's probably the one that emerges the most unscathed from it yeah. like her in terms of reputation in yeah. terms of career yeah. um she kind of comes out of it you but know she she untouched. was playing camp i just recently watched baron munchausen again mm-hmm. and she's in there for like a campy role for like two seconds yeah but she knows how to do camp but then i remember uma thurman in the house that jack built mm-hmm. i'm like oh why did you take this one <laughs> Yeah. 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 So, I mean, obviously, she would go on to things like Kill Bill yes, that would kind which of resuscitate is a, a fan her. Fave. Still working on part two. It's been on my mind mm-hmm. where to place that. We've got to finish the Kill Bill franchise. Oh, we got it. Um, but it, it'll come. It'll come. Just be patient, audience. Um, and then rounding it out uh, is Alicia Silverstone, fresh from Clueless. What a gem, right? As Batgirl. My God. Ooh. Alicia Silverstone, she hasn't aged. She's one of Hollywood's unproblematic faves. Yes. Whenever she shows up in a minor role for, like, three lines, we all celebrate her. Love her. Like, I just, I think that she is very underutilized in this movie. She's a uh, woman. She, <laughs> in a superhero movie, Dan. She was probably casted just because Clueless was a thing yeah. recently, and yeah. there's no... Like, they didn't try to put her in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's just she's kind of there, and well, then... you know uh, I always look at the ladies. Yeah. So, we'll um, be championing them. What a unproblematic lady cast but in the other like because in order to prep for this episode i had like watched a few other people like review it and everything and it is kind of noted that there is a strange trend with especially schwarzenegger and clooney who are kind of not trying a yeah, lot in this movie they're getting that paycheck um like they like Clooney would have been coming down from the fame of ER at this point, mm-hmm. and Schwarzenegger was in the decline of his film career. He yeah. was like this was after revitalizing it again. Yeah. This was after like Terminator Two, I th- of course, think yeah. before T three, but it was bef- it was after two, and it was kind of getting to that point where he was mostly getting like family roles mm-hmm. and then less quality action movies, yeah. and Clooney. Even though he had that ER star power, I think this really put a damper on on his setup, you know, afterwards. Chris O'Donnell, I don't think, ever went on to do more movies. He was on, like, an NCIS show for years. My god, Hot Robin. He hasn't done as much as we wanted him to, Um, Uma Thurman we talked about. Alicia Silverstone, I think, also had trouble rebounding. But But trouble, she's handled it gracefully. She has. Compared to, like, actors who are, like, on the wayside. Yeah. She she pops back in once in a while. I think she was the one who was in a Promising Young Woman for, like, a second. Yeah. But when she was there, she was, like, acting in that opening, and I was like, we miss you, come back. Yeah. Like, and she's given us enough in the recent years that I think she can be great on, like, a TV show nowadays. Of course. Just pop her in there. And that's the thing, is yeah. that, like, the the discussion around this movie is often very, very dramatic. Yeah. But I, I don't know I, I why. That, yeah, I don't I, feel that. I think that the worst you could say is that maybe Clooney and Schwarzenegger, because they're the main... Yeah. The two characters who get the most attention are the most checked out. Yeah. Um, yeah. it, it, it's been discussed in a few of those things that I had watched that Mr. Freeze's costume was so complicated that unless it's a close-up of Arnie's face, 
he's usually not in the of course suit. i mean that, uh, that it's, makes sense. it's like yeah. it, so it's kind of like one of these things where it was probably just like arnie show up ham it up for the camera for like mm-hmm. for like five minutes yeah. and then the action will be done with someone else yeah so again we're going to when we watch this film today we're going to be kind of looking at you know where it could have gone wrong what it does right and whether or not the and I don't think the hate for it is justified. It sounds I, like you I don't. think you've goofed. I don't think this is a Sinister Six pick. Well, well, this might be it, a good movie podcast a, pick. It's a famously bad movie, but maybe yeah. we can use this to try to like you know rehab it a little bit. Yeah, um, <laughs> take us to council. But obviously, it's got these huge sets, which yeah. simultaneously look very expensive, but kind of full to cheapness mm-hmm. at a certain point. Yeah. Uh, the story we already talked about, um, so, obviously this film came out, and, and to a lot of Gen X people, it was the worst movie of all time. I, there have been many, many. They've, they've yeah. complained about it, they've, you know... They the, haven't seen a bad movie. <laughs> the, the Kevin Smiths... They the, haven't the, watched Popeye, that's for sure. They have not. No, that would kill them. Uh, but they made a huge thing about it. George Clooney was famously like, I think we might have ruined it. If you see, if I see you on the street and you want a refund for Batman and Robin, by all means, uh, you know, we'll do it. (laughs) And I think even though the film made money, it, uh, the, the, the backlash was just really strong and the Batman series would go dormant until Batman begins in 2005. And then it got an edgy reboot that we all know and love. Um. Where's Rachel? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but that's the that's the thing is is like we're, that's what I, I figured we could look at today. It, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, had this not done so bad, Joel Schumacher actually had plans for a fifth movie called uh, Batman Triumphant. And what would have happened in there, Dan? Uh, Batman would have faced Scarecrow, who oh. would have used his fear toxin right. to bring back an illusion of Jack Nicholson You're as the Joker. Set it up for the the next series. Uh, yeah. But. Obviously, that did not happen. Joel Schumacher was apparently determined that Batman Triumphant would be darker. It would return okay. to the darker vibe of the 89 movie. Yeah, but it would still have the same flavor, I think. I, I yeah. think Joel well, is just When like, I say yeah. that, I'm thinking like yeah. Phantom of the Opera dark. Yeah, like yeah. big stupid dark <laughs> yeah. instead of A like... A chandelier crashers. You know, yeah. actually dark and gritty. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of what we're going to be looking at today. You know... Okay. Uh, why is this movie considered so bad? Mm-hmm. Is it simply a throwback piece that misses the mark, kind of like Rocketeer? Or was that excuse kind of made retroactively similar to the Star Wars prequels, uh, in, in that it was a genuine, honest attempt at making a blockbuster, but the toy marketing and everything else kind of just threw it so far off course that it couldn't, you know, uh, you know, function as a as a story. Yeah. Um, because I would argue that by the time, as I said, you know, comparing it to Babylon, um, most of the, like, the story is harmless, but it turns into a bit of a shit show in the third act mm-hmm. because they have to resolve all Everything. of this Iceman and Plant Lady are yep. teaming up and yep. ice and plants don't like each other, so yep. how do we do Bane. that? Bane! <laughs> Bane is in there. I remember. Um, oh, I know. And, you know, as his Floronic Man for Get two him, seconds. Get big guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the the guy from Smallville plays Floronic Man, but he doesn't become Floronic <laughs> Man in this movie. Mm. Um, in terms of Cringe Corner, 
This movie has been talked a lot about on the internet. Yeah, and a lot of my reviewers, too, have talked about this film. It's it's difficult to, to, to kind of pin down. There's obviously lots of ice puns that I love, yeah, you I, love. I love, yeah, I um, love a good ice pun. The Bat credit card famously pissed off the nostalgia critic. Oh, I loved um, that, though. That was so camp! And we gotta Plus, know... he's rich! Because this was something I found out when looking into any, everything. The Bat credit card was not <laughs> even, like, joke product placement. In all likelihood, it was just a reference to lots of 90s commercials yeah, about credit cards. That... Like, a lot of people thought that it was like a like an, like an a product placement yeah. for MasterCard. As your fave would say, they need to calm down. They're being too loud. They do, yeah. yeah. But it's not. It's just, it's literally a fake, like, it says goth card expiration date forever. It's yeah. not, like, it's not like a ad for anything. Batman forever. Um, yeah. So... Where my cringe corner will will rest will probably be when uh, Alicia Silverstone finds out the secret of Batman, and the movie's opening titles reflect against her face because Mm -hmm. they couldn't figure out how to, like, what movie she would be viewing to to figure out what Batman is. My daughter Bob. Uh, So instead it just kind of replays the opening title card on, like, and she's like, wow. (laughs) That's it. You know, I think I'm going to have to have a more critical eye to this because I do enjoy this movie. So, I mean, like, I don't, I'm I'm just as flummoxed as you, audience. Why is this in the Sinister Sex Pod? Well, I I I thought Dad would bring this along for fun. No, I thought, well, no, I am bringing this along for fun. Mm. I think that we need a cool down after Babel. Oh, Babylon really affected you, huh? And yeah. you know, I I figured instead of going instead of going uh, low, I'm gonna try to bring something to make people happy. Mm. And and you know, in terms of a dark reflection, it's possible that this is the this is the vash to your Babylon's knives. So mm. that's what that's how I'm I'm coping with it in my head. So I'm just a bookish bot- botanist with a new pheromone. <laughs> oh, you are. That's yeah. all I got. Yeah. Oh, then I'll get my fake plastic lips ready. Hmm. Is that all? I'm like, what, what uh, are you doing? Drawing board, Coon. We're glad you're back. He's got his own signal now. We are back for our Sinister Selection series. Now, you, Jonathan, apparently expected an okay movie, but it was a snow job. <laughs> so, uh, we just watched Batman and Robin from 1997, as directed by Joel Schumacher, a famously uh, disliked movie. <laughs> I could see why now. Controversial flick. Yep. Um, now, it, of course, it has been talked about in many places, so we do... Uh, you know, thank you for hearing us talk about it yeah. this time. I don't know why. I just thought I was going to like it more from my past. Maybe, as you said, I was uh, combining the plots of the different Batman movies prior. Which is possible, yeah. yeah. But yeah. this one, it it felt long. The jokes were not good. Yeah. The characters, aside from Uma Thurman, I think she's doing the best with what she's got in this movie. Exactly. Even Alicia, I was like, I agree. I was like, she gets nothing to do. But... I really do think that explains some of those shocking, uh, you know, because before the before the jump when we watched the movie, yeah. I was actually shocked that you were <laughs> that you were that excited. Um, I'm like, did I truly lose Sinister? You didn't Six? expect my rose to be in bloom, but 
<laughs> I could see if you haven't watched it for a number of years and you... Yeah, that, that Rose and Bloom song was from the Batman Forever soundtrack. Oh. So I can see is... Seal's it, Kiss from a Rose? Yeah. If Where was you, that? It was for Batman Forever. That was not for this movie. It, no, that was in Batman Seal Forever. Seal did not... It did. Oh my god. Seal's Kiss from a Rose song was gonna, made for Batman Forever soundtrack. I'm gonna have to go back. <laughs> this doesn't exist, Dan. I'm not in this timeline. Um, Just keep talking. But I could see if you hadn't seen this movie for a number of years, and then your brain kind of conflated it with elements of Forever, and then maybe even Returns, mm-hmm. partially, uh, it would look much better. But it is considered a bad movie for a reason. Yeah. I don't consider it that because I've seen it too many times. Mm. Like, all of its jarring qualities are, like, yeah. nothing to me. You become numb to the poison. But I, you know, the, the a lot of jokes fall flat. The famous ice puns get very, very repetitive. They're stale, like, two jokes in. I didn't remember that either. Like, I remember liking Mr. Freeze as a design, but yeah. here I'm just, he has no substance at all. Well, and even, like, a simple little fix, sometimes his ice puns are the same pun within the Again, same yeah. scene. Yep, yep. Like, he'll make a pun about, like, I don't know, like, freezing in hell, mm. and then the next ice pun is something about hell freezing over. Yeah. So it's like... Even just if they added a little bit of variety to, mm-hmm. to what was going on. Yeah. Um, but let's start with the plot summary. <sighs> because I, apparently we've both taken more notes than, than we anything ever have in, in recent memory. I think this has almost as much as Babylon for me, which is saying something because that's a three hour film. This film only felt like it was three hours long. So we have a very dramatic uh, opening titles. Yeah, the Frozen Batman and Robin fitting with the theme. I thought that was cool. The Frozen Warner Bros. logo. Cheap, but cool. And then, uh, you know, we get all of our our actors listed. Schwarzenegger gets top billing. Pat Hingle. Pat Hingle. It's like, he's in this movie. The heartthrob Pat Hingle is in there. Um, And then we open up uh, on the new Batmobile. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a running joke. that We get nipples and ass first. We get nipples and ass in the suit Everyone's looking good. Like, the suits look good. Homer really, right, good, yeah. really huge cod pieces, mm-hmm. uh, and and because well, because sex sells. Yeah, but we get the uh, new Batmobile. It's it's a Batmobile. It's got like floppy tail wings <laughs> and a big rotating light disco thing in yeah. its engine. Um, and I guess there's a running joke now because uh, the the one in Batman Forever had been destroyed. So Alfred's like, bring this one back in one piece. Yeah, and and, and uh, Robin gets a bike. Robin has a little bike called Redbird, uh, and when Batman leaves in the Batmobile, um, Robin's little motorcycle has its own little box with a neon Robin symbol in it. Again, it's not for anyone, only they're going to see it, but it's a little touch that they added to make it their own. A little showmanship, yeah. Um, And and Robin's like, uh, we'll be out late, so cancel the pizzas, Alfred. I'll cancel the pizzas, Dan. (laughs) But Alfred's not looking too good. No, he's getting getting a little sick at it over here. Leans up against the gargoyles. (laughs) He's feeling a little sick. He's got that Grimace shake flow going on. So uh, they're they're heading through generic tunnel uh, when Pat Hingle, uh, Commissioner Gordon, calls in. Uh, to say that Mr. Freeze has turned the the, the museum patrons into ice blocks. Yeah, he's Gotham frozen Museum is now the ice capades. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and he's seemingly there to steal some stupid diamond mm-hmm. that is on display uh, at the Gotham Natural History Museum. Yeah. It's a very... There's no theme to the Gotham Museum. No, the, everything... The, the dinosaurs are next to the pottery, as you said, which is next to, like, the uh, different exhibits that are going on there. 
Uh, but we are introduced to Mr. Freeze. And he gets his best line first. The Iceman cometh. The Iceman like, cometh. I chuckled. Yeah. I said, that's a funny joke. That's like a theater joke. It's good. Eugene O'Neill, whatever. Yeah. He's freezing all the guards. He's making his way up to the diamond. He's like, there's only one absolute everything freezes. And when I was a child, I didn't know what the fuck he was saying at that part. And so I thought he said, there's only one absolute everything freezes. Like he was saying Jesus, <laughs> but with freezes. No, Dan. But what he's saying is there's only one truth, everything Thing freezes. freezes. And I'm like, all right, that makes yeah. more. It's it's good that we watch this. practice with, the diction a little bit more, huh? With unclouded eyes. But yeah. he's going to steal this diamond. That's what he's there for. Yeah. And I never expected this entering, but Batman slides down a brachiosaur. <laughs> yeah, Fred Flintstone style. <laughs> yeah. And we get George Clooney right on the mark is like, hi, I'm Batman. Mm. And then he, they're going to go fight. Yeah. Robin enters uh, on his motorcycle mm-hmm. that leaves a Robin-shaped imprint in the wall when yeah. he comes in. Um, but Mr. Freeze does have henchmen. <laughs> he has evil hockey players who, who are aren't going seen to at the end of the movie him. just now. Um, Assume they're all dead. Now a lot of people give this crap. I'm gonna. I'm. I got a head cannon. Mm. Uh, we know that the reason why this Mr. Freeze is so jacked is because he used to be an Olympic athlete. Okay. I think. That Mr. Freeze recruited a bunch of disaffected, uh, like... Olympians. Olympic Olympic hockey players or ice skaters, and they're his goons. Mm. That's what I think. That's too much. I think they're just extras who need a paycheck. That's what my headcanon is. It makes more sense than, like, the Riddler's guys in the last one. Uh, So, uh, you know, uh, they're they're fighting. Uh, They're doing, again, like you said, the Batscapade. They're all... They got ice skates in their boots. They're knocking around this diamond. Yeah, um, I think Batman's like, you get the ice, I'll get the ice man. Yeah, and they all have skates in their shoes. And it's like, that's part of their outfit? Their costume? Knocking the diamond around, Mr. Freeze is dicking with some guards, and his gun ends up via some creative wire work going on top of, like, a statue head. So that's there's, like, a brief little, I don't know, time-wasting scene where Freeze is trying to get the gun back. Mm-hmm. He's picking up guards and throwing them at the gun to knock it down, uh, which eventually he does. <laughs> Uh, and then we get the famous, uh, what killed the dinosaurs, the Ice Age, yeah. which is not true. It was the meteor. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he freezes the big brontosaurus, which makes a roaring sound, <laughs> and then it collapses, and that's enough of a diversion for Mr. Freeze to get into his Freeze-mobile, mm-hmm. uh, which is some kind of van with spikes and a gun. And um, rocket to the moon. But yeah, his Freeze-mobile contains a little Dr. Evil <laughs> rocket that blasts off... Uh, with Batman trapped in there with him. Yeah. Uh, you know what happens to a toad when it's frozen? Same as everything else. It freezes, yes. Um, but Robin, who had lost the diamond to Mr. Freeze, uh, notices this and grapples onto the side of the Freeze capsule, <laughs> Freeze Pikmanship, and uh, they're blasted into the atmosphere above Gotham, where uh, Mr. Freeze is like, this, this stupid capsule will explode, and it'll, like, cause snow to fall on Gotham. We don't know. And you'll be frozen. Batman's like, the the debris will kill thousands. Well, George Clooney is not caring. He's not He's caring. He's like, I don't really... It's fine. Um, but Mr. Freeze freezes him to the side of the capsule and then grows little cute Mothman wings yeah. and he's gonna fly out. Mm-hmm. So this was a trap to just get Batman into the atmosphere and explode. Mm-hmm. Um, but Robin is there to save uh, Batman using his little heat laser which is a recurring weapon, because they're fighting Mr. Freeze. And the two of them 
Cowabunga Literally. shield surf. I said cowabunga, and what did Robin say afterwards? Cowabunga. Yeah. Down to the surface in pursuit of Mr. Freeze, who is on his dainty butterfly wings. And I said this opening, it goes on a little, a little bit too long. Oh, you think? Yeah, <laughs> I felt that. Then uh, I didn't realize the rest of the movie also feels this long. So then, Mr. Freeze, uh, as he's approaching <laughs> the ground, he goes into a smokestack and then f- <laughs> uses his ice gun to cushion his landing. Now, Grant's not here no. to tell us Thankfully. if that's how physics work. Yeah, I don't think Grant should be here. Like, I don't know if snow or snowy air would slow down a fall from the atmosphere, mm-hmm. but uh, Mr. Freeze lands in the smokestack, which opens up into a little palatial garden with a pool. Um, and Robin uh, is in pursuit, gets too hot-headed, uh, and tries to go at him alone. Yeah. But he is frozen by Mr. Freeze's freezing gun. Yeah. And then, what will you do, Batman? Eleven minutes to thaw the bird? <laughs> will you chase me? Catch the bad guy? Yeah. Or get the bird? Something like that. Uh, but Batman, obviously, is Batman. He saves Robin. He puts bad plastic Chris O'Donnell into the pool. Yeah. And then heats it with his own pocket laser, uh... And saves him. But Batman is very disappointed that Robin's uh, brashness lost them Mr. Freeze and the diamond. Yeah. Um, Elsewhere in Brazil. Well, no, not even, <laughs> just general South America. They yeah. don't even say a specific, it's just South America. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Pamela Isley is uh, feverishly working on her animal-plant hybrids. Mm-hmm. She's at some kind of Wayne-sponsored lab... Um, and she's working on ways to make plants more durable. It's my conditions in Nork. It's filthy, dirty. It is. Lots of neon. Yeah. Uh, lots, lots of, of chemicals tubes. to huff in. Um, and she's like, I'm working on an animal-plant hybrid that will be able to fight back against humans. Um, and she is, you know, uh, nice enough to narrate this onto her tape recorder for us, yeah. the audience. Yeah. Um, but she is rather stressed because her, uh, Dr. Woodrow, the man behind this expedition, who in the comics becomes Floronic Man. I don't know who that is, but sure. He's just a big plant guy. Um, uh. But I've always found that really weird, because Joel Schumacher does not like comic books. Mm. Joel Schumacher famously, you can watch the behind-the-scenes stuff and other commentary people have commented on this, but Joel Schumacher seems to think that this, it, like, this movie, this thing that I'm <laughs> physically holding here, is a comic book. It's not. So if it has superheroes in it, it's a comic book, and you should treat it like a comic book. Mm. Um, so apparently when you, they were filming, like, this Woodrow, uh, Pamela Isley scene, he kept telling the one guy, oh, just act like you're a comic book. Mm. With that verbiage. Well, you know, given that direction, I could rise to the occasion. A um, biff a pow, perhaps. But but Dr. Woodrow has been siphoning Pamela's research <laughs> uh, in his own wing of the castle. Yeah. I think the Gilgamesh wing is yeah. what they call yeah, it. Yeah. We get, we get a lot of a very smart references in this movie. It's mm-hmm. filled with them. For no reason. Um, but in his own wing, Dr. Like, Pamela sneaks in there to spy yeah, she's on She's doing what some Jonathan doing. acting, peering around corners. <gasps> Yeah. And Woodrow has collected an assembly of, of bad guys. Well, uh, different nationalities. Well, that would have been generic bad guys in 90s mm. movies. Uh, and they are there to bid on something that he's making for like a Super military drunk, application. Yeah. So then he brings out the famously mm. controversial addition to this scene, Bane. Uh, who is in this version a prisoner named Diego, who he chains to a table 
pumps full of venom, and then he just becomes... Burn, like, he just does that for the rest of the movie. Yep. Um, and to clarify, this was this is a point that has often been argued about, but the comic book version of Bane has always been closer to Tom Hardy's version. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, obviously... Bane has always used, like, the sci-fi cocktail Venom to make himself stronger, mm-hmm. but intelligence-wise, he's always been closer to the Tom Hardy one. Oh. He is a dangerous villain because he is equal parts intelligent, cunning, and has super strength. So not just a himbo. So, like, like in like whenever Bane has appeared, or, like, at that time when he had appeared in the comics, he was a very substantial threat to Batman because yeah. he was, like, one of the most dangerous combinations of traits that Batman Batman had gone up against. Mm. Uh, but here, he can only really shout his own name. Um, <laughs> and repeat what others say to him. Repeat what yeah. others have said. Uh, now, uh, Pamela Isley is shocked, and Woodrow <laughs> notices her and pulls her back into the My main... Dear, you need to know that we're going through this specific sort of research. Yeah, to, <laughs> to like, w- with your plant toxins, I've been able to perfect this serum, uh, and will be rich beyond our wildest dreams. Mm. And apparently... Wayne Enterprises cut the funding for this lab because of this stuff that Woodrow was doing. Yeah, I'm afraid I'm gonna have to kill you now. No! Yeah, he tries to, like, make a pass at her, and then she says no, and, uh, he's like, you're gonna have to die. He knocks a rack of chemicals on her and goes, good, let the acid eat her into the center of the All the vanilla extract that they had in there is just dumped on her. That would be my origin, yeah. And she sinks into the earth. Covered in marinara sauce. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. She sinks into the earth. Um, and is presumed dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Woodrow continues his bidding uh, for the, uh, you know, super weapon. Yeah, all that would have happened to us if we continued drinking the Grimace Shake. Exactly. Uh, yeah. uh, so back at the Batcave, uh, you know, Robin is heating up in a hot tub bucket thing, <laughs> and Bruce is explaining Mr. Freeze's backstory, which is conveyed through black and white movie footage of Arnold Schwarzenegger uh doing experiments on machines and then it explodes and he falls back into a very very cold tub yeah um and this was you know apparently this version of mr freeze was a uh olympic athlete turned nobel scholar uh who was working on a cure for mcgregor syndrome uh, which is the fictional illness that his wife is suffering yeah. from uh, but in the process he fell into the very cold tub and now he needs constant low temperatures to survive. Um, and his big Mr. Freeze suit is powered by diamonds. It uses a diamond laser array to super cool his body to let him survive. Yeah. Um, so then we learn that Poison Ivy's alive. Yes, she reemerges. Yeah, look pretty good for a dead bitch, which she... is a drag race line. I said, oh, teaching me a little bit. No, it's like, yeah. oh, I learned something. That's where that came from. And she is, uh, she's no longer wearing glasses. But she's got a bad wig. Got a bad wig. Yeah, oh, real and bad wig. And she, she uh, kills Dr. Woodrow using a poison kiss, one of her powers. And we get a delightful Uma Thurman monologue where she's like, I am Mother Nature, you know, again, perfect for Jessica Chastain, in yes. our opinion. Yes. Jessica Chastain, if she played this seriously, mm-hmm. we would She'd be She'd be in the Nolan ones, yeah. Yeah. As Poison Ivy. Um, so, but then she finally notices that it was, of course, Wayne Enterprises that was funding them, so she decides that she's going to go... Uh, yeah, take her and her new lackey, Bane. Her and Bane are going to go to Gotham City and convince Wayne to fund her 
plant apocalypse yeah. idea. And then uh, we learned that uh, Mr. Freeze is listening to I Mr. White Christmas. Snow Year Miser. Sa- yeah. Year Without a Santa Claus, a favorite of the podcast. Did not remember that being here. Yeah. He just yeah. keeps it on. He makes his Goonies yeah. sing it yeah. for him. And then Vivica A. Fox is there for no reason. She is for like five, like like two minutes. Vivica A. Fox is his frosty girlfriend. And she's like, you need to stop. I don't even know. I don't even remember what she out. says. I don't know what she says. Yeah, she says, like, you need to chill out. Yeah. Um, Come on, man. But. Put this thing on ice. But, like, Mr. I think that's when we establish that Mr. Freeze is collecting diamonds because he <laughs> diamonds. needs to build a super weapon. To save his wife. <laughs> well, he's going to freeze Gotham, hold it hostage, and then with the hostage money, we'll use that to fund the rest of his research, yeah. you know. Yep. For however long he needs to. Mm-hmm. Um, then Alicia Silverstone shows up at the McMansion. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I've uh, got it all, Dan. In this version, Barbara is Alfred's niece. Yeah, I thought I was making the Commissioner Gordon <laughs> jokes, but no yeah. relation in this one. Yes. Just Pat Hingle doing his own thing. But you were right. Usually, Barbara is, uh, you know, uh, Commissioner Gordon's daughter. Yeah. In this one, for reasons... For plot convenience, she is Alfred's niece. Straight from Oxbridge. Oxbridge Academy mm. in England. I didn't know that Oxford was trademarked. Yeah. But or no. Highbridge or Cambridge. Yeah. It's an amalgamation I, of the two. Don't know. Uh, maybe they would have sued DC. Mm. Who knows? Um, and she shows up in her like Catholic school girl uniform. And of course, Robin's like, oh, I hope you're here to see me. And no, she, Chris. <laughs> no one's here to see you. Yeah, and and she explains that her parents died, and Alfred has been supporting her, and then we get just stellar acting from the entire cast. Where even Alicia Silverstone, she felt like checked out. She, yeah, I mean, she had nothing to do. It's just her smiling, and I'm like, oh, I wish she had more to do or more depth here. Yeah, like depth. Yeah, but there's like <clears throat> awkward scene where they are um kind of. Like, I think, uh, Al, you know, Bruce offers to Barbara if she wants to stay at the house, and Alfred is kind of awkward about it, so then we get a, just, the camera stays on all four of them as they nod and mm-hmm. smile for, like, five minutes yeah. uh, to, to, to show off the caliber of the cast that we got here. Yes. Uh, so then we get the Gotham Observatory, the first dedication ceremony. With or, Gossip Gertie. With Gossip Gertie. Yeah. Who I thought you made up that name, but nope. Nope. Gossip Gertie's yeah, very stole real. that. She appeared in Batman Forever also, and that is apparently Bob Kane's wife. Mm. Um, and I think that Bob Kane passed away soon after or before this movie. Wow. What a timeline. <laughs> I, I don't remember. Uh, yeah. but, but You didn't but, attend the services? But there was a lot of controversy because... Um, between Batman's two cre- like co-creators, there's Bill Finger and then there's Bob Kane. Bill Finger, but Bill Finger <laughs> is basically Bill re- Finger. He well, yeah, he's <laughs> responsible for basically everything iconic about Batman. Like mm. he designed the look, the villains, the gadgets, the Batmobile. While all Bob Kane concretely designed was the concept of a guy named Batman who was a very different looking character uh but Bob Kane wound up with most of the credit and Bill Finger died like penniless pretty mm-hmm. much it was one of those like comic book industry screwing over the other guy type things mm. um 
so uh, I think this is also around this awkward nodding scene. Uh, <laughs> we then get an awkward bedtime scene where oh, yeah? Barbara comes to say goodnight to Alfred, and we get Alfred establishing that his brother Wilfred, similarly named, is also a butler to the Maharaja of somewhere, the Temple of Doom yeah. place. Um, and we can only assume that they have been a long line of butlers <laughs> who have been butlers to famous people. Yeah. Um, but Barbara is still very upset that he has to be a butler uh, <laughs> in this day and age. And understandably so, because Bruce is a douchebag, but, you know, live and let live. Um, so then... Uh, you know, Freeze is watching his movie footage home movies of him, of his wedding to Nora, who was also played by a 90s model. Uh, oh, and before we forget, uh, Bruce is dating, mm -hmm. oh god, who is she? Mm -hmm. I forgot her name. I'll find it. Keep talking. Uh, but, yeah, so there's one supermodel. Ella McPherson. Ella McPherson. Uh, Bruce is dating Ella McPherson. She's in the movie for ten minutes. Yeah. And well, then, more than you thought she was. More she than I thought. She for, like, three scenes. And Nora Freeze is also a supermodel. That wasn't on the Wikipedia, so good um, luck with that one. But he's watching, uh, you know, the scene of their wedding when he gives her her snowflake necklace. <laughs> It's a, it's a surprisingly dramatic little moment that is ruined by one of the goons showing up with a newspaper and then, like, a joke about, don't talk during the movie. Mm. And then back to dramatic, he finishes the scene, and then he looks at the newspaper and sees the Gotham Flower Lady auction <laughs> is happening tonight, <laughs> where they'll be auctioning off the, the, the Wayne Diamonds. Yeah, it hasn't really aged the... that well, but yeah, we do have a woman auction. A lot of 90s shit had these lady auctions. Well, a lot of old shit had these lady auctions, Dan. Yeah, it, it was. It seemed to be, it was a trope that was going for a while. Mm. I, I don't, but yeah, the old perverts come out to, to party in Gotham. and 30,000 on the orchid. To, to buy yeah. a plant-themed lady. Yeah. Uh, and, and the Wayne Diamonds will be auctioned off for charity. And I'll say, this set design is cool. It's like very tropical-esque, jungle fever. Everyone's in their animal print and such. We get these uh, pink monkeys, pink orangutans, whatever you want to call them. Who are them. suspiciously sneaking yeah, around. We but don't know it why. is a direct Hollywood reference being a Blonde Venus, which is a Marlena Dietrich film, which mm -hmm. Uma Thurman is very clearly referencing throughout this. She's a bit of Mae West. She's a bit of uh, Marlena Dietrich. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. And yeah. you have some favorite lines yes. that are coming throughout yes. the movie mm -hmm. as we go on oh, via that do. vibe. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, okay, so the diamond is the heart of Ith of Isis, mm -hmm. and also the, the Wayne Diamonds are there. Uh, but Poison Ivy shows up, she disrobes from her gorilla costume. Yeah, and she ensnares everyone with her powder. And one Terrible. of the, another useless trivia fact, one of the, the old pervs who bids on her is, uh, is a U.S. senator who has been in this movie, and he was also in The Dark Knight. He's the guy who Heath Ledger's Joker threatens at that party. He, like, says, like, we're not going to be intimidated by people like you. Yeah. So, for some reason, this senator and a handful of other actors keep showing up in speaking roles in these movies. And even Batman and Robin are enamored by Poison Ivy, trying to outdo one another, and then we see the classic Bat card. Yes. Yep. Which is not Bat product Bat placement. card? It's it's called goth card, mm. so it's not product they placement. Call it bastard card, that'd and, be too funny. It, it, no, it, it, but it, it it is literally just a '90s 
joke. Like, 90s writers would have found this hilarious because there were all those MasterCard ads, like, never leave home without it. Mm -hmm. And we know about, like, Gen X boomer writers in this era, when they found a joke that worked, they really, really stuck with it. It was credit card jokes, it was jokes about Starbucks. Yeah. They, when they struck gold, they would beat that horse until it was Adam's. Uh, so then, you know, we got the Bat credit card, because Robin and, and Batman are, are trying to outbid one another for Poison Ivy. Mm. She's like, you'll win everything you see here, and everything <laughs> and you don't. Yeah. Um, but Mr. Freeze crashes the party yeah. and starts freezing everything. There's a big fight. We get some socialites posed. Yeah, they're frozen solid. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Freeze jumps and swings on a vine, vine with yeah. terrible wire work. Yeah. Chill, um, chill, chill. And he takes uh, the Heart of Isis and the other diamonds and Poison Ivy is impressed. She's like... That's not a man, that's yeah. a god. Yeah, because she he doesn't fall to her pheromone. He's like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. In a, it doesn't work on the cold-hearted. In a decent little scene that's in, ruined I by say, the... Su- I like, wouldn't say decent. Because it's, it's like, it's the one of the few moments where Freeze seems smart in this movie. Yeah. He's like, oh, pheromones designed to uh, increase a man's blood pressure and, and mm-hmm. you know, sexual drive or whatever. Like, too bad it doesn't work on the cold-hearted. And it's like, okay, yeah. Right. It doesn't work on him. He's, yeah. He can't be... You know, her, her feminine wiles, yeah. her feminine He's also wiles. a married man. <laughs> he is. Uh, he would never cheat on Pamela Ice, whatever her name is. So Katie Ice. They, they, you know, Mr. Freeze escapes, Poison Ivy is impressed, and we get stupid chasing. Yeah. Uh, where we were, yeah. I was talking to you, and it's like, the Gotham in this movie... Uh, lots of towering buildings, really Surrounded well by done, big men, like big, big Adonis men, big statues yeah. of men. And this is what Dan feels whenever he goes to New York City. He gets distracted. This would be my ideal stupid retro future city. Would be something like this. I always found it kind of dumb. It yeah. is dumb. It's very dumb. And as I said to you, it ruins like the sense of location because this like the chase scene can only last for about three minutes because there is no route for them to go because everything is elevated roadways yeah. and big it's like a statues. hot wheels track yeah so there's nothing there's no sense of scale yeah. or where they're running to or running from so they they go down one of the big biceps of one of these dudes yeah, and we get like the alpha sorry we get the the wayne robin the batman robin thing where batman's like turn around and robin's like no you just want her for yourself well, he, like one of the conflicts of this film, because Robin is going to try to make the jump into Mister Freeze's snow cone hideout, mm-hmm. uh, but Batman's like the motorcycle can't make that jump, and then he uses his own Batmobile's controls to shut down Robin's bike, mm-hmm. and Robin Chris O'Donnell stops on the finger of that big statue, and he's like, "Nah," like that, and it's a very weirdly cut scene. Yeah, um, but. Batman, uh, despite the Batmobile being frozen in midair, manages to capture Mr. Freeze off screen. Yeah, and bring him to the Batcave. And, well, no, in, like, capture him and yeah. defeat him. He's yeah. sent to Arkham afterwards. Well, they but... bring him to the Batcave first. He goes up a little elevator, right? No, he's sent, oh, to, he's sent yeah. to Arkham. Okay, never mind. Um, but then we get a Wayne Alfred moment. Yeah, so, again, Michael... I used to read to you the star-bellied snitches at night. I did. <laughs> Michael Goff is too good for this movie, and he's delivering a legitimately good dramatic performance, and he's like, you know, you, uh, 
you need to learn how to like trust people because you've been fighting battles your whole life mm -hmm. and sometimes taking that upon yourself could leave you you know distant to what's yeah. going on around you yeah um so then uh, this is the first time that that robin notices that alicia silverstone <laughs> barbara's is, sneaking in she's sneaking back in yeah. with a motorcycle because mm -hmm. the waynes have a collection of, of motorcycles yeah um and she's like, what's she up to? She's, yeah. she, you know, and she pretends that she was doing some, it was like, I was reading to the blind or something. Yeah, I was going so, to the library. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but then uh, Poison Ivy discovers the Turkish baths. Turkish bath. Yeah. And which had goons from the last movie, as you pointed out. Yes. These, this Blacklight gang was introduced in Batman Forever. They showed up for, like, they fought Robin, I think, and then fought Batman briefly. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're just, like, cool looking goons who hang around in blacklight neon uh you know paint and all of their weapons are painted that way mm -hmm. and they are a visually cool yeah it's cool it's cool design they're like a very 90s looking little villain assortment but mm -hmm. in this one they're chilling in a turkish an abandoned turkish bath that poison ivy decides to claim as yeah, her new base she's like i always loved a water feature mm. and bane like god made the world in seven let's see if i can do better and just yeah. her she's giving may west it's annoying it's burgeoning on too much mm -hmm. but you know i i do consider her the best part of this movie still like she yeah. she is in the character and she i will is. give her that yeah she's yeah. she knows what she's doing and yeah. she does not break once um but freeze is meanwhile in arkham he's brought there in a big refrigerator <laughs> and uh he has to stay within this cold beam because he doesn't have his suit mm -hmm. and jesse ventura uh the wrestler is there playing one of the prison guards and is like Look at him, Stu. I just yeah. always remember that that line for some Man. reason. <laughs> but uh, we also get, like, uh, that Mr. Freeze makes a little ice sculpture thing out oh, yeah, of his alarm clock. Amiibo, yeah, uh, Music to, box. To look yeah. at his wife. Yeah. Um, so, uh, let's see. Uh, then I have, um, oh, Bruce is being Bruce, and then Robin sees Barbara sneak out. Well, yeah, no. Uh, Bruce is having dinner with Elle McPherson, oh, yeah, and they're yeah. in the living room. Who's Ivy? And <laughs> Elle McPherson wants to get married, but Bruce is like, I don't know about that. Well, George that. Clooney is just sitting there smiling. He can't stop smiling. <laughs> Never stops Thinking smirking. about that paycheck. <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, my my nightlife is a little complicated. I don't know if I could be a, a Marion type. And Elle McPherson's like food for thought and like pukes spaghetti into his mouth mm -hmm. we assume i don't know who's ivy uh but yeah no but bruce is still fixated on ivy uh <laughs> you know pheromones. and then robin is also googling poison ivy in the bat cave <laughs> trying to enhance pictures of her yeah and then he notices that uh, alicia silverstone is escaping with a bike yet again and we get unnecessary bike race skate the Infinity segment. Hosted by Coolio. Yeah, who I learned from the Wikipedia as I was reading mm -hmm. was supposed to play the Scarecrow in the next movie. Which I was not yeah, aware this of. This was a cameo for him that was supposed to build up. Yeah, so... I don't know if you got Scarecrow vibes from him, but he surely was. If that signals it, if there's no other signal for the 90s, Coolio showing up is, is a dead giveaway. Yeah. Um, but it's a big bike race. You know, Robin takes part as well and helps. Yeah. It does nothing for the plot. It literally does nothing. It it has no merit whatsoever, aside from Robin just having one conversation with Barbara. Yeah, he's... Going, this is what you do at night. Oh, I was like, well, yeah, I learned judo at Ox... 
bridge because London <laughs> is dangerous or something. But yeah. then she's but then well, later we learned on, that in Last Night in Soho. So yes, uh, but but then she's like, no, actually, I got kicked out of Oxbridge, mm. but I've won I enough. Was too smart. Yeah, no, exactly. I I won enough money from yeah. underground Coolio bike races to pay back Alfred. Ugh. Uh. For raising me, for, I guess. For, even for raising me, yeah. He was never there. Um, so then, but then it becomes apparent that, uh, you know, Barbara points out that Alfred is clearly sick, but then Bruce confirms that Alfred is dying. Mm-hmm. He has McGregor syndrome, yeah. just like Nora Freeze does. Oh my gosh, uh, but, specific. I knew something was going to happen there. But an earlier stage of it. Yeah. Uh, so then, Poison Ivy posing as Mr. Freeze's sister. Sister, C-star! <laughs> me, me to you, it's yeah. Jonathan's sister. Hello! <laughs> I mean, dad, sister. Hello! I come in like my mink stole. <laughs> like, grandmother. <laughs> to, to, what? Uh, she, she comes to break him out of Arkham. Yeah. Uh, Bane goes and gets his suit, and we get cameos from the Riddler and Two-Face costumes yeah. from the previous And then she's movie. seducing the guards. She's like, one kiss is all it takes. And they die. And Mr. Freeze is like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> or something. Yeah, I, I don't remember. Sure. Uh, but then, you know, they're they're trying to escape. Uh, Bane... Best line in the movie. I'll help you grab your rocks. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, one of one of many. Because uh, uh, I need the diamonds. He needs his diamonds back and he needs to go secure his wife. Uh, Bane can't kick down the steel, re- like the reinforced steel wall. Ooh, we're gonna be in danger. So then Mr. Freeze is like, remember to winterize your pipes, yeah. and then freezes the wall via the sink. Then they jump into the Arkham River. <laughs> to the Arkham River. Which is 40,000 feet below. It's 40,000 feet below, even though in a previous uh, scene, Bane had thrown someone through a wall, and there trees. were trees yeah. on the other side, but we'll let that slide. Mm-hmm. We'll forgive that. Dan Ryan and those trees, man. Um, so... Okay, so then back at the snow cone factory. Oh no! Okay, Alfred. This is Alfred's last scene standing up. He's going around <laughs> he's turning off the bed. lamps. Yeah. Oh yeah, all these lamps, all, all these the gaudy lamps, lamps that he's turning on. Another connection. And and you know he's telling Bruce like, oh, it's not polite for a gentleman to talk about ailments. And, and like, Bruce is just smiling. He's like, mm-hmm. like yeah. you can't beat uh-huh. death. And Bruce is yeah. George Clooney does not stop mugging. Um. So uh. then uh. It, we get to the snow cone factory, which Pat Hingle has on lockdown. Yeah. Uh, He's got the heat turned scene. on. Heat is on. The yep. big switch, switch is on red. Heat or cold. Uh, and Batman and Robin kind of show up to investigate it because they hear that Mr. Freeze has escaped. Yes. So they're they're walking around uh, behind the sesame chicken button. They <laughs> find Nora Freeze's tube. Yeah. And we get snowflake necklace. Her snowflake Netflix. Necklace. Necklace. Netflix. Necklace. And we see on the little uh, switch display (laughs) that they have that Mr. Freeze has cured McGregor's. She's got McCormick syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) That would be funnier. That would be funnier. See? I mean, that's quality. I won't break the strike lines, but come on, writers. (laughs) But she has cured McCormick stage. Mr. Freeze has cured McCormick stage one. And he's working on the other stages. Um, but then Mr. Freeze reappears. He switches the switch to cold. <laughs> and then everyone goes... <laughs> we get... <laughs> well, we get... My Pat, lungs! Yeah, Pat Hingle. <laughs> so cold. Uh, so Robin and Batman go down to the basement <laughs> where uh, Poison Ivy lures them. Uh, they fight over a big tub of mint chip oh, pudding discuss, or something. Discuss 10. 
um, where, you know, they're both kind of defeated. Unless it was pistachio, then that'd be fine. But, well, yeah, that's <laughs> I'd be fine dying that way, yeah. Um, but they lose because, uh, you know, Poison Ivy is messing with their heads and yeah, getting them to fight. And I have to say, this constant blowing of the pheromone, it gets old so quick. Yeah. I was like, give her something else, man. Like, give her, like, a little flower on the lapel that she squirts into people and She's make up, like, acid or something. always with those pheromones. I was like, my god, we're using this over and over and over again. So, her and Bane escape, and then Pat Hingle walks in. What happened? <laughs> How'd she get away? <laughs> because old shit. And Even though Pat Hingle found the strength within himself to turn on the heat again. Yeah. Like, he was the only capable one. And Mr. Freeze gets away with his big doomsday freezing machine. Mm-hmm. But then Poison Ivy goes into yeah, Nora does, Freeze's tube she room. She does the Jonathan thing. She steps, like, coquettishly over the tube. Kicks and it aside and goes, oops. <laughs> this is a, a, like, I'm not good with competition. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, they, they get back and somehow to... caught on camera. So, but then, but Robin is pissed about this, their little fight, and he's going solo from, apparently from this point on, he's going solo. Mm. Um, oh, so that's what you meant from the opening joke. That's what I, yeah. Now I get it. Because just like then, it lasts five minutes, yeah. and it's not big for the plot. Not funny either, but... Uh, back at <laughs> Ivy's Turkish bath, uh, Mr. Freeze has, you know, sitcom style divided the room in half. Yeah. Make uh, yourself at home. He he has a frozen half, she has plant half. Yeah. And uh, she tells Mr. Freeze that Batman unplugged his wife. <laughs> she unplugged him. And, no. And, and Show me proof and then gives like the McNuggie necklace and you're like... <gasps> And we get, like, three comments in a row, like, his blood will freeze, I'll freeze his spine, his yeah. heart will and freeze. and then Poison Ivy's like, why not just take it out on the world, too? Like, yeah. They made the Batman. You and me. Yeah. I can't do it without you. But then, you know, so her idea is that <laughs> Mr. Freeze will freeze the world, and then from the wreckage of the freeze... She'll have the Frank Oz little shop puppets that I thought should have gotten more screen time. Her big plants... Take over, yeah. Will, will take over. Uh, you know, and and somehow that will work, I guess. Um, so they decide that they're going to team up, and then Mister Freeze is like Adam and evil. evil. So, uh, so now we got a dedication ceremony for the the telescope. Yeah. Um, and you told me to remember these two goobers from before. Yeah, because the two si- the two comic yeah, relief scientists They were scientists there at, like, there. one of the other benefits, as I assume everyone rich in Gotham shows up to. Oh, and there's also a very brief scene before Alfred falls ill, oh, where yeah. he gives Barbara the Criterion yeah. Yeah, collection. Yeah, like, don't give this to anyone, Barbara. Wink. <laughs> yeah, like, you need to find Wilfred and give this to mm. him, because... There are butler duties that he must attend to. I'd be like, sure, Dan, sure. How much can this fetch on eBay? (laughs) Um, But then there's a dedication ceremony for the previously revealed telescope. uh, And Pat Hingle is uh, bedazzled by Poison Ivy. Yeah, he's like, uh, she's like, oh, well, you probably won't know where the bat signal is located. No, lady. I have it right here. Then they're about to kiss and she goes, you know what? You're too old for me. Can't kill Pat Hingle. (laughs) Yeah, Pat Engel would have died, this movie would have been a bad movie. And it was. It would have been a worse movie. But, you know, uh, so then, as part of her plan, question mark, 
Poison Ivy redecorates the steals and redecorates the bat signal to look like the Robin, Robin. signal. Yeah, well, that's what she's going for. She's trying to get these uh, men to one up one another. She's playing to Robin's insecurities as a man. And and while she's doing that, Freeze and Bane are hijacking the observatory. Yeah, these two—they—they're more friends than I thought they were going to be. Yeah, like they never interact. They, they chill. Don't, they don't really. God. <laughs> <laughs> they, they share a sentence or two. Yeah, and Freeze is like. No matter what anyone tells you, Bane, the size of your gun does count. See, it's a penis joke. Gun. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but also tellingly, as a as a Chekhov's gun, Bane is walking around planting bomb, bomb. around the room. Yeah. Uh, which will which be important will later. In play thirty minutes from now. So then, Robin is going to go respond to the Robin signal, uh-huh. but Bruce is like, "Stop being an asshole. We got to stop fighting." Uh, clearly, this creepy plant lady is manipulating us uh, using pheromones or poisons. And, and I, I felt like Batman and Robin had way more chemistry. I know they're at ends in this movie, mm-hmm. but they don't gel well together in this movie. They either. don't. They, so, uh, yeah. Like, I assume they gelled better in the last one. If we watch it someday, you could judge yeah, that. But I don't remember, I, but there's nothing here. They're, like, just roommates at this point. I, I think at the very least... I think we have more chemistry. No, well, yeah. true, but <laughs> yeah. I think in the last one, it's just that, like, Robin gets more time to breathe. Yeah, yeah. Like, so it's, it's probably... It's not, like, that overwhelmed with, like, the bat... Even though yeah. the bat girl gets nothing to do. And Kilmer, despite apparently being a nightmare to work with, was a good, good actor. He, I, I would say he's I've been a good compared Bruce. to the fat Val Kilmer before. So, well, it's not it's not a matter of of what stage Val Kilmer you are. Someone it's once just, told uh, me I looked like Val, Val Kilmer before Doctor Moreau, and I was like, "That's the greatest compliment anyone could give." <laughs> honestly, honestly, Dan, that was said to me, and I said, "That's the greatest compliment anyone could give." Can you I was me? once told I looked like Brando and Doctor Moreau, so that. Eh. Oh, yeah. But, but yeah, I I don't I think because Batman Forever. Gives the two of them the time they need to, like, flex, I guess, it the dynamics a little better. And obviously, Nicole Kidman's in there to oh, elevate yeah. things. Well, you know, queen of AMC, yes. Um, but, so, they've, they've come to some kind of agreement, and they're going to try to approach this strategically. Yeah. And then Batwoman's trying to hack in, right? Yeah, and then, like, immediately after... How to guess Dan's password? Weeb? One Piece? Donkey Kong? Bandit? Mm, no, not that. But the password is Peg. It would be me. It would be Jank. Which was... (laughs) Jonathan's codename. Which was Alfred's sister, who was Barbara's mom, who died. Sister? I thought that was his wife. No, it's... You think that because there's a framed picture of her that says love. black and white photo, a glossy, yeah. That says love Peg. (laughs) I mean, I'm an only child, but I don't think your brother would say love. No. Love Matt. It's... but it's a, it's his sister, it's Barbara's mom, yeah, and... Maybe me to you as a sister. Yeah, like, brother. I could see you giving me that as Love a gift. Love, Jonathan, yeah. Even though you're not dead, but you would give me that. Mm-hmm. But but it would it yeah. would kind of... But the, the password is Peg. Uh, Peg. Barbara <laughs> looks like... There's Peg a, as in the verb or the noun. <laughs> it's just a... Mount Wario. It's but just I'm a sh- montage of JPEGs from the film's production department yes, of yes. all the different technology flashing across the huh. screen... And then culminating with the Batman and Robin logo from the opening titles, mm-hmm. and and Barbara sitting there like, wow, yeah. <laughs> like that's I did it, I cracked the code. So then, at this point, Batman and Robin have left, and Barbara enters the Batcave. Yeah. Where... She's standing in a cool pantsuit, but it's not worth anything. And because she... immediately she's talking to the AI of her dead 
well, well this dying. Was, this was before that even. It's just oh like God. Br- like Alfred is like I uploaded my yeah. brain algorithms to yeah. create a simu- Alg- simulation. Yeah, like he's doing a, a like a max headroom thing, and he's oh. like, I assumed you would snooping as usual, no, so I the made Power you a Rangers <laughs> thing. The the data, the the Zotar, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Al- Alpha, oh, whatever. But he's he's doing like <laughs> whatever. But he's like, I assumed you would come snooping, and uh. I made you a, a a suit in your size, and then. Completely lifelessly, Alicia Silverstone is like, suit me up, Uncle yeah. Alfred. She gets heels, she gets no nipples on no her. No nipples. Oh, yeah, very interesting. But like an extended ass shot? Well, well because slightly. we, we find saw out asses before. in five minutes, this is a very woman-centric movie, mm-hmm. where these oh. women have had about ten minutes of dialogue Yeah, not together. talking about other men, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, you know, it fails the Bechdel test. It does, yeah. I, I think it truly does, because all they're doing is talking about men. So, they, uh, you know... Robin has been lured to Poison Ivy's Turkish bath. The Turkish baths. Uh, and she is going to seduce him. And I said, very cool set, awesome yeah. costume design from them. Like, this feels like a campy superhero movie. This is, like, this is contained. I like this. And if you'll notice, I think, uh, in terms of costume stuff, Poison Ivy's colors go from, like, summer yeah. to fall. Of course, yeah. They she, go, she, like, from... more sinister, yeah. She goes from, like, a green to a red. Yeah, like a green to a darker green yeah. to uh, to which, the red, which I thought was very cool that she gets like a different, like yeah. more cool design like throughout it. I was like, she's oh, got all right. thorns. Yeah. She's got she's, she's got, got those Bowser wristlets going on, and uh, you know she goes to kiss Robin, uh, yeah. but he's wearing <laughs> plastic lips, and I didn't remember that. That was in your intro too. I did not remember that. Yeah, you got to remember the plastic lips. I don't think that would work though, as you said. She could just kiss like, him again, but and she he... adheres to the rules of consent. So she does yeah. at the very least. She yeah, does. She goes, oh, you don't, you don't want me to kiss you. It's fine. So she fights him, barely kicks him into a pool filled with tentacle vines. <laughs> He's drowning, mm-hmm. and as people have pointed out, this shot of Robin drowning is undercranked. So he goes up and down out of the water, and it keeps reversing the, wa- the, the shot. Wa- the water. Dude. Of the water. There we go. And it keeps reversing and then playing the shot a few times mm-hmm. for some reason, mm-hmm. just to simulate that he's drowning. Yeah. Uh, then Batman shows up. He also gets his ass kicked. Yeah. He's hanging in vines. <laughs> and you know what that means? It's, it's time for a chick fight. Yeah. Batgirl shows up. Your pheromones won't work on me. And she's like, you give women a bad name using your yeah, feminine wiles, to get what you yeah. want. Your looks. Because this like, is a... All right. All Joel right. Schumacher really made a feminist movie here, I, I don't think. know about that. Yeah. Uh, you know. So far, he's two for zero on this podcast. After that last gorilla this. scene, yeah. you know, I can't help but think that this is a, this is a feminist picture. Oh my gosh. Uh, but Barbara kicks her several times yeah and she falls back into her venus flytrap chair which like betrays her for no reason i forgot that she was like the first one out in this movie and she goes the way you would go she yeah, just yeah. like curses but and it's then not even like the it's not even like an, it's which is what i'm saying it's not even like an audrey to like we had a relationship with this plant chair before no. it just like enfolds the leaves and she's like oh no and the prop doesn't work that well no. so they kind of just flop over yeah, her and yeah. she's like curses and then she's out of the movie yeah until um, later on when she's still alive she hasn't died but so uh, mr freeze has uh, configured <laughs> the telescope Ugh. into a big freezing gun and this sequence went on for a fucking day and a half it man. Does. <laughs> i was wishing that freeze gun would come and shoot when me. it's only supposed to be 11 minutes My but it... god it was like this is the last sequence surely we're 15 minutes to the end no 
but he's freezing Gotham. Everyone is frozen comedically in a in whatever they were doing. The McCormick's Ray is he's, he's eating like there's a guy getting a hot dog. He's frozen. There's a dog that's frozen. Everyone's yeah. frozen uh-huh. in a layer of cheap plastic ice, uh, including the cops. Um, but then, luckily, uh, Batman and his team are on the scene. Mm-hmm. Batman is in the Bat Hammer with its wing folding action. Yeah, great! And then uh, Robin's in like the swamp boat. <laughs> Robin's like, in a swamp is, boat. This is dumb. <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, Batgirl gets a normal bike. That's she's fine. on a normal. She does like this looks fine. It's like, not even a snowmobile. They she just put gets them a all regular on bikes. It would have looked fine. No, they got to use the Bat Hammer and the stupid because they had to make toys. That Robin thing was the stupidest thing that I've yeah. seen in a movie for a while. The Bat- that ski boat and they have to they they have to uh they have to do it to sell those toys straight out of scooby-doo and <laughs> the mystery of the bayou what was that one called zombie island zombie island great film yeah not a bad yeah, movie yeah, not a bad movie phenomenal no. but they you know they they confront the freeze van oh. and the bat hammer defeats it by tilting one of its wings <laughs> shield <laughs> so that the freeze ray freezes the freeze van. Yeah, they got the super frames in there. They <laughs> positioned the beam. Yeah, the iframes are yeah. just right. Uh, so then, you know, they manage to uh, repel up to the telescope. And they use their, as you labeled them, totally spies tech yeah, lasers. Yeah, like, oh, the, <laughs> the mirrors aren't working. Get to the end of that telescope and melt them with our lipstick. I mean, <laughs> yeah, bat sticks. Uh, and then, like... Mr. Freeze tells Bane to deal with the two kids, and then he's going to the, the two thirty-year-old kids, and he's going to deal with uh, with with Batman. The man. Yeah. Uh, so Batman is trying to reposition the telescope. Mm-hmm. Uh, they figured out that has he like dethawed these scientists at the point because they're hanging on for a while. Yes, he defrosted they're, the two. They're there for like an hour of the movie, just hanging on. Me and Dad. He defrosted the two scientists yeah. with his. And it's important because it's kind of also a Chekhov gun. He has stupid little bat heaters yeah. that he puts on them. You're going like, to need about a thousand more. I'm sorry to my Alicia Silverstone it, list. Go on. You're going to need about a thousand more of those to defraw Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's what she said. <laughs> Listen, I love her, but that's what she sounds like. It is. <laughs> um, Sylvester but, the Cat. <laughs> but like Batman is, is like, oh, we're going to reposition the Wayne satellites to reflect sun from South America. Oh, and they go back and forth so many Into the telescope times. to turn the goober beam oh. red to start thawing out the city. Because they only got 11 minutes before everyone who has frozen dies. You know what? Madonna would have made a better Mr. Freeze, I think. Um, but then, uh, like, you know, we get a very stupid fight between Batman and Mr. Freeze on this Dumb. little platform. Dumb. They're just shoving each other back and forth, switching the controls to unlock, on, not unlock. And then Batman defeats him by putting a little bat heater on his tummy. Distracting him and then pushing him over the <laughs> pushing, side. Pushing, just punching yeah. him. And meanwhile, Dan and I as a scientist are like, yeah, get him, Batman! <laughs> But uh, Mr. Freeze still has a plan. Uh, he's uh, like, freeze in hell. And then he detonates the bombs that Bane had put around yeah. uh, the place before. Yeah, knocks over the telescope. And we should note, Bane had fought Batgirl and Robin yeah, for like two but, seconds. But he was undone by getting his tubes kicked out. His tubes got removed. Yeah, which, which, as we know, is a canonical way to defeat Bane. Just get rid yes. of the Sprite Mountain Dew that he's drinking and he'll shrivel up into a skinny form. They leave him there to die as the telescope collapses. Uh Uh, Batman saves the two scientists. And while they're careening by Batwoman and Robin, 
Batwoman's like, oh my god, what do we do? Robin's like, pray. <laughs> I was like, what? What did he say? <laughs> pray? Uh, but Batman, with some terribly ADR dialogue, tells the uh, scientist, grab on my belt. Yeah. And then, <laughs> which was recorded several yeah. months after the it's fact. Like, all right, cool, yeah. And he saves the two scientists. Great. And leaves them in the frozen wasteland <laughs> yeah, a, that was directly to climb down the yeah. observatory. Yep. Where I think there was a city at one point. <laughs> Not anymore. Uh, but they all rappel back up to the telescope, like where the telescope was. And they're like, we got to use the computer to reposition the satellites to shine directly if onto only Gotham. only we had someone who was knowledgeable about computers, Dan. And we know who is, because Barbara went to Oxbridge. I am, I went to Oxbridge. <laughs> like, let me show you how it's done, little boy. There we, there we go. Now we got it. And then, we found our Snatch Game character. It's her. <laughs> We're both Alicia Silverstone. Her and Robin are, are like, typing, and they get the satellites... <laughs> To point at Gotham, and they thaw everyone out. <laughs> um, dogs can piss again. New Yorkers can eat their hot dogs again. And, but you you know what we said? It's like as soon as that heat was turned on, they go, "Oh my god, it's so fucking hot!" Yeah, you gotta here. cool like, down a little bit. Gotta go back to the snow. <laughs> but then uh, Batman goes over to Mister Freeze, who had knocked himself <laughs> off of another platform while laughing, uh, and he's like, "Mister Freeze, I didn't kill your wife." Here's footage from the movie of Poison <laughs> Ivy admitting to I'm it. I'm the only bitch that can exist in this movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> My wife? And Mr. Freeze is like, shit. Yeah. I should have known. Yeah. You're going to jail, but at least help me cure someone that I love suffering from the same disease as your wife. Yeah, and then he's <laughs> like, I'll let you continue your research at Arkham. Take like, these two. <laughs> yeah, and Mr. Freeze is like, he has two uh, canisters in his suit. Of goo. Of the goo. Had, yeah. He's like, take two of these and call me in the morning. <laughs> I like, did not like that. I said, oh. And that uh, perma, whatever the fuck the blue boot, blue, blue dew. Oh my God. The blue mountain dew uh, is given, is ministered to Alfred. Mm. It's Baja Blast, Dan. It cures him. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, well, no, they, they have this whole fucking mansion in a mess. Well, not cleaning up after each other. I, I know they're grieving, but then he's like, what the fuck? Well, and remember, not the whole mansion, because it's literally just, just the living this, quarters. It's the foyer yeah. in the living room. Where they got the small table to eat at. And then they mansion. even, they put Alfred's bed in that living room, because Ugh. they didn't want to build more sets. Yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, again, it looks expensive, but it feels cheap. Yeah. So then uh, we get, like, a cutaway where uh, Poison Ivy is eating a plant in, in he her loves Arkham room. He loves me, room. Not. Yeah, who's she talking about? I don't know. And Mr. Freeze is like, I'm your no roomie. Winter is coming. So is he gonna, like, <laughs> kill her? Or... I, I don't know. Why did he allow? Why did they allow his suit in prison? I don't know. I can't imagine why they would they would allow that in Arkham. But he he's gonna be able to continue his research into McCormick's disease. So, uh, and then we get the required, uh, you know, sympathetic ending where everyone is standing around awkwardly and they're like. I'm going to be joining the team from now on. I'm Batgirl. And they're yeah. like, okay. Yeah, and then they all run at the camera. And... Alfred's like, we're going to need a bigger cave. <laughs> and then it's... As they all run out in the in front of the bat signal, which was... <sighs> what a waste. Recreating a shot of uh, from the end of Batman Forever. Um, yeah. And that's it. 
I don't know where it, this film franchise would have went if it continued for one more movie. I don't either. It's I, it's really something to think about because yeah. you would have been getting close to the two thousands at that point, yeah. and it would have been rough. Yeah, it's already rough because it, it would have really clashed with every other kind of movie that was coming out during mm-hmm. that time. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was not yeah. good, Dan. Yeah, I so figured I guess, it wouldn't be. I guess I do rescind. This is a Sinister Six pick. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be way better than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I wanted to give kudos to Uma Thurman and Alicia Silverstone, but Alicia Silverstone, she had nothing to do in that movie. Yes. Um, the jokes wore thin pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. The writing was not solid. The, the costuming and set design was camp. Yeah. There was always that to look forward to, but as you said, George... Uh, and uh, um, Chris, they were out of it. A little checked out. Yeah. yeah. They they were not in this film at all. And there were some unnecessary sequences, like the bike race, even though I understand why that's there, for like the action and the, the set piece. Well, to and, establish Barbara knows how to Yeah, and it bikes. was like at the Charlie's Angels time period, it feels like almost. Yeah. Where it's like, we're going to ride a motorbike and it's cool. Again, I I don't hate this movie. I have seen yeah, yeah, it yeah. like a thousand times. I, I mean, it's not the worst thing we've watched, but but sitting down to rewatch it, you definitely notice the parts where it's going to start to get grating and mm-hmm. where it's going to annoy the people that you're watching it with. Yes, because it 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 kind of overstays its welcome. Like it, yeah. if it had been you know trimmed out a little bit, mm-hmm. it probably wouldn't be you know. It probably could have been redeemed by history a little bit if it wasn't structured so poorly, because people still would have complained about the bat suit and then of course, yeah. the, the Mr. Freeze and everything. But I think that if if it wasn't for the story trying to go so batshit insane to turn up a phrase, literally, it it would have probably just been remembered as like a cheesy superhero movie yeah. and not the you know uh, leviathan of bad movies that it is. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's, again, I figured it was about time I bring it. Figured we could get some discussion out of it. We did. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, two hours worth, Dan. Yeah, so that was Batman and Robin. <laughs> yeah, we did that. Um, of course, I don't think it's lived up to Babylon. I think I still hold the reins you, on you that did. one. You did. Yeah. Yeah. You won. So I'll be, be waiting for you to dethrone me someday. Of course. But right now I'm going to always mention Babylon. Um, just an idea we're tossing out. Maybe think about in our next Sinister Six. We're coming up on thirty. Mm-hmm. Just how you would rank like your top ten of, of the others pick, of course, and why. So, oh, of the other person's. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think that would be a good a good thing. From from good to bad or bad to good. I don't know, Dan. What do you want to do? Worse should probably win. be the top. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we'll do good to bad. Yeah, the yeah, sinister, just, the sinisties, whatever you were calling the them. Sinisties, yeah, hosted by our favorite Pokemon, Sinistee. <laughs> um, no product placement there, no, no trademarks. But uh, um, as I said, I knew Dan was going to pick a, a superhero movie. I just didn't know in the the flavor that was going to hit yeah. me this week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not bad. A very cool good. flavor, I think. Yeah. Cool ranch, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. So, without further ado, Dan, where can our audience find you on social media? Uh, they can follow me uh, on Instagram at King underscore Danis, and also Threads when it gets going, I guess. <laughs> threads? Uh, and also, oh, man, Dan. And also Twitter on King underscore Danis, if you wish, because uh-huh. I can start putting art there, too. Yeah, you can put it um, everywhere. But uh, but yeah, by all means, follow me there, and our adjacent anime was not a mistake podcast accounts. Yeah, you can follow me, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, at Losing My Mind JK on Instagram, and the TikTok, Drinking Me JK on Twitter. And follow my other podcast, including Nightcaps in the Theater, where we watch similar movies to this, and I'm a little more drunker. Mm-hmm. A little more drunk, a little more drunker. I don't know. I've got a lift. <laughs> it's fine. Suit me up, Uncle Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> that, 
then if you like <laughs> literature, you can check out Drink and Read the podcast, of course. But Dan, uh, you're double dipping as I did before. Yes. You'll be double dipping next week. And I know we've got a movie near and dear to your heart next week. Yeah, yeah we're turning to anime. Anime's back! Uh, and I think it'll be one that you will love as well. I I've think been... I will. I also own it on Blu-ray now. So yeah, yeah I've been hyping it up uh, since it first came out uh, to you. Uh, it is, of course, the most recent One Piece movie in which Luffy and his crew uh, journey to go see this concert put on by a young performer named Uta, mm -hmm. who is actually, apparently, the long-lost daughter of uh, Red-Haired Shanks, uh, who is obviously a major influence in Luffy's life, but we know very little about him. So is Uta actually his daughter? What kind of powers does she have? What is the nature of this strange island that they inhabit? Mm -hmm. And what exactly is Tot Musica? Tot, Tot, Tot! Ah! Well, not that, but we do hope that you'll help us unravel these mysteries when we watch One Piece Film Red next week. Mm -hmm. I am quite excited. Could be a fleeting lullaby. That's all I know. We're going to queue up some Smashing Pumpkins first, though. All right. What? You survived anime was not a mistake spin-off series? The Sinister Six? Well, there's always next time. <laughs> As you wait with bated breath, remember to rate, review, subscribe, where most podcasts are easily found, including Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and more. Remember boils and goos if you enjoyed the hosting by me, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, stand-in Cryptkeeper, and the Igor of my eye, Daniel Ryan. Support us on social media. And last, but certainly not least, remember to reach out to us on Anime Was Not A Mistake Pod on Instagram, or follow Anime Was Not A Mistake Podcast on Facebook. This way, we can continue to make our anime-based dreams come true, and your nightmares a reality. <laughs> Until we meet again, remember to constantly ask yourself, is anime a mistake? We know for certain that any film with the Sinister Six misnomer is destined for depravity. <laughs>